Okay. Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall, and I'm, uh, well, I always say I'm excited to have these guys in here, but I'm, I am particularly excited about this one. <sighs> I think every single time I start, I probably start that same way, but I'm just going to keep rolling with it. So the reason why I'm excited, though, is because I have uh, one of the legends in the game, Steve Rabikoff here, sitting in the studio. Rab, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. So, you know, the reason why we have these guys come on the podcast, uh, you know, I try to only invite badass dudes on the podcast. And, Rab, you're one of my favorite bad dudes in paintball. Well, thank you, You've thank been, you. You know, you were a badass player back in the day. We played together for a little brief little second on the Ironman back in the day. You got some of my uh, practices with Ironman when, when I took off to SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that story in a little bit because, like, you've got a good paintball story. But then... And then, uh, you know, for the uninitiated, you know, so Rab now is uh, one of the managing partners at GI Sports, um, one of our, one of the big, biggest contributors to what we, our efforts over here at PBA to try to take paintball forward. Uh, and then he also, run, he's ran leagues and he was the guy that started the Mardi Gras Open, which was crazy stories from back in the day. And, you know, Rab played for top teams, played for Avalanche, played for Image, played for the Ironman, started the original Houston Heat uh, all the way back in the 90s. Bro, that was like 20 years ago. I just want to put that in your head. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that the other day. Dang, we're old. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that on the drive to work this morning. So anyway, um, so yeah, Steve Rabikoff, man, he's a, he's a bad dude and can't wait to, you know, get his story uh, recorded here for history's sake. And then also, you know, talk about some of the stuff that's, uh, that's going on right now, man. We're going to talk about the rate of fire that's been blown, uh, blown up <clears throat> recently. Uh, PSP season is approaching rapidly. Uh, we're about about seven weeks out right now. Yeah, seven, and it's six going, and a half, seven it weeks. It's closer and closer. By. Where did it go, man? I just remember World Cup ending. I know. Well, as you get older, Rab, time <laughs> speeds up. So yeah. enjoy. If you're a teenager right now, enjoy, enjoy. these long years yeah. hey, where if, all these new things are if happening. If you're in school getting yelled at by mom and dad, your teacher, deal with it. And well, enjoy it. <laughs> I was listening to uh, um, I was listening to a podcast, and uh, they were talking about how. One of the reasons why, you know, and scientists have actually done research on this, like when you get older, why does time apparently speed up? And apparently it's because, um, so this one guy was breaking this down, essentially that as you get older, you have less milestones and you're, the way that your brain kind of encompasses and remembers things, it kind of creates memories. It's like signposts in your life that you're able to kind of identify when you go back, you know, in your mental cathedral and you go back and think of that one room, there's... You know, the first time you rode a skateboard, the first time you did this, the first time you kissed a girl, whatever. You know, Hold on, I'm going to save that mental cathedral. I'm putting that in my pocket. I'm saving that <laughs> one for the day. Well, the, there's, a, there's, a, just a, there's another one, too. That, um, I was, uh, there's a guy who wrote a book recently, and um, he was a reporter, and he went to go report on the memory championships because there's this actual competition where the people uh, memorize, like, uh, you know, two, three decks of cards. So basically they shuffled, you know, two decks of cards and you have to memorize in order, sequential order, exactly how those, those cards are. And, uh, and they have all these other like memory games they essentially play. And this is a competition, like just like, you know, paintball's a, a niche thing. Yeah. You know, we're gunfighters and, and the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. These are the best dudes in the world at, at memory. And so this reporter went and covered it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then so that was one year. The next year... So then he kind of like gets this wild hair up his ass. He's like, I kind of want to compete. So he starts training his members. This is an average guy. You know, right. I mean, obviously he's pretty right. intelligent if he's a reporter for, <clears throat> you know, he's a good writer. So, but anyway, but he, he's, he speaks of himself. He's like, look, I'm just a regular guy, a regular dude. But I've got, you know, I wanted to do this. And so he ended up then training his mind 
to remember, um, or because th- there's certain tricks, and that's why I, you know that that mental cathedral. Essentially, what that is is uh, it's um, it goes all the way back into a uh, this is which is a real story back in ancient Greece. There was a guy. So back in the day, if you were throwing an awesome party and you were in Greece, you were a badass dude. Rich as hell, you're like a merchant selling olive oil or wine or some <laughs> shit, and you're, so you're there, and you want to throw a party, well, you would bring a, like a stand-up philosopher in. That would, be, that would be like part of the entertainment, you know? So you'd have some people playing the lyre, and you know, you'd right. have dancing girls or whatever, and then you'd have a stand-up philosopher who'd get up there. And, and so this guy went, um, got hired to do a gig, and he goes to this, you know, cath- you know, whatever, goes to this palace where this rich dude lives, and he gives his speech, and then he leaves, and as he leaves... The, um, the, the, the building collapses and kills everybody inside. What? Yeah, kills everybody. This is a real story. So I can't remember the dude's name, but you can Google it. Anyway, so kills everyone inside. And then he goes back and, and he has to, for the authorities that are like, well, who was there? They're trying to identify the bodies. And so in his mind, he had a mental snapshot of everything, what, that, they of did. everything that was in there. And so basically from that genesis, that little seed over time, how people that do these memory games, how they actually like remember physically in their brains get in and and keep track of complex you know different sets of numbers or cards or whatever it is is they build a palace in their mind and a lot of them do it with say like the the home they grew up in so you would you you basically take like the queen of diamonds or something and you then identify that with a, a symbol in your mind and that's how these these memory champions do it so anyway so this guy who goes and reports on a one year goes the next year and wins it what yeah he wins the memory championships the next year. Wins it after one year of training. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I gotta rem- I'm having a hard time remembering certain things going back, so I better start practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing, so as you get older, um, I almost lost my train of thought for a second. It's too early to do podcasts. Yeah. I, I like, I don't, it's tough for me to do podcasts in the morning. Anyway, so, <clears throat> so, uh, so, um, so as you get older, you have less new things. Well, most people, you know, I mean, if right. you live in Oliver Lang life, like right. you're just setting milestones left and right. right. But you no, know, most people, you, you follow a, the, the standard trajectory. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, right. you get older, you go to school, you get or whatever, you go get, learn a trade, get a job, have kids. So other than the kids and maybe transitioning a job or something like that, you're not you're not just exploring new things every single month. You know, you're not having these revelatory moments. Well, I guess what you would say for me and you, I'm exploring new things continuously every month. Well, I, I mean, I, I try to. Especially with dealing with paintball. I'm lucky enough, as you are, that we get to, to travel and do what I love. I love paintball. I love seeing, seeing new places, seeing new tournaments, seeing new players. And, and we, like, we have friends that we have all over the world, and I just think it's awesome. Well, I think that that, that one of the our running themes here is, you know, what is paintball really about? Why do you play the game? What, what makes it important? What makes it awesome? And I think that because regular life tends to um, make you soft in a lot of ways, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, like <laughs> law and order in your life. I mean, there's certain things that have to happen for you to have a good life, but at the same time, that's not where we originated from. We are these incredibly smart primates that have conquered the world because of our brains and our opposable thumbs and our willingness to take risks. What's over that mountain? How do I build a better bow? You know, like how do I accomplish things? And our desire to do those things has brought us to where we are now. I mean, there's another badass book called Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors where Carl Sagan goes into the, you know, basically like how much of a miracle it is that not only that 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 we're alive and doing what we're doing right now, but you personally and how much of a just an insane journey it was for your ancestors, not even just humans, but going all the way back in life. You know, I mean, right. basically like all humans are descended from some little like 
rat-sized mammal that lived through the last uh, asteroid explosion. How crazy is that? That's crazy. You and I, you know, I mean, everybody. And then not only that, but like all human beings themselves. I thought, they... was, I, thought I came from a cheetah or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when you were like, when I first met you and you were like in your mid-20s, I could say you were descended from a cheetah, bro. I but was actually I don't know pretty fast, now. man. It's crazy. <laughs> you were pretty yeah. fast. But yeah, but... Uh, and uh, yeah, but so the all all humans, we're all descended because um, when they started tracking DNA markers back and they mastered that and they figured that out, they started tracking it back. And essentially, we're all descended for, um, I think, like a population of like three or four thousand people that survived some great cataclysm like 15,000 years ago, which is also interesting because then I'm, I know I'm going down rabbit holes this morning right out the gate. But why not? <laughs> we'll get we will get to Rab's story, I promise. And it's a good one. But uh, Graham Hancock's doing a new book, um, which is a follow up to uh, Fingerprints of the Gods. And this one's called, I think, Magicians of the Gods. But basically, he's talking about um, uh, how there's been a lot of research done that there was a, a really big cataclysm that happened uh, about twelve to 15,000 years ago where an asteroid hit the, one of the ice sheets in North America. And that's why across the planet, not just Christians, but everybody has flood myths. Like that's an ongoing thing right. in humanity for eons. And right. so basically, he's, kind of, he's trying to track back with physical evidence of that specific diaspora where everyone had to run for it and die. Well, I'm saving that word diaspora. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> that's like the normally attached to the Africans leaving Every Africa. time that we talk about this, <laughs> I hang out with you for a, for a webcast. I get one or two words I'm, I'm saving, which is cool because knowledge is power and we're always learning. I love knowledge it. is definitely power. So Another thing about getting old, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, so, but that's the cool thing about paintball, man. I mean, we get to go on this rabbit hole forever, but... Anyway, but but that's one of the cool things about paintball is that, but actively and it's paintball whatever. I mean, as long as you get into some activity passionately, and you are are trying to add a little adventure into your life, even with something you know as random as say paintball or whatever. Again, it doesn't really matter. You want to go race cars or something, but just doing something like that outside of your comfort zone will make your life more potent for you uh, as you get older because you're going to have new signposts. You're going to meet new people. You're going to have new experiences. And that's one of the badass things about traveling around and playing tournament paintball. I mean, think about it. I got into paintball over 20 years ago, and I would have never guessed or imagined I would see the world playing paintball. Like I, When I first started, uh, you know this too, I'd get on a plane and someone would say, well, where are you guys going? Because they'd see a, a group of us going. And I'm like, we're going to a paintball tournament. They're like, ping pong. I'm like, no, paintball. And they're like, paint what? Paint yeah. who? Paintball. Now I can get on a plane and talk to any young, old person, grandma, father, son, you know, mother. They're, they know paintball. Somebody plays paintball or they know someone that played paintball, which is cool. We've come a long way. And, and the fact that we have traveled back then and still traveling, seeing the world, man. I'm taking these snapshots and like Sweden. Going lucky enough to go to Malaysia, or Thailand, yeah, dude, and, and you've and been these, all over. I mean, you're also hitting it, been hitting it pretty hard the past couple of years, trying to grow, grow GI, GI sports, sports. And, which we have, and, and I want to continue it. And because, especially when you start hitting these other in, in Asia, the Middle East, paintball, they love it. it, it, it I can't even tell you, like, it, it's big. It's for how big they love it, and it, obviously here in the states, North America, it's it's big here as well. But you go to these other countries, man, they just they they eat it up and it's it's good to see that paintball on both sides both on the, the, the recreational scenario side is growing and the tournament side and you can see that in the numbers of teams from all the leagues throughout the world and that's that's what we need it's it's healthy right now and it's still going so we we, we gotta keep this going well that's something i kind of you know a lot of people recently like that bloomberg article that came out <clears throat> a lot of people have been 
kind of fearful for the health of the game. And, but, and, and I think that it's interesting because when you look at the numbers from the PSP, you look at the regional leagues, you look at, um, you know, and I know the millennium had gone down a little bit, but I, I hope they're maybe ticking back up this year. It, it's, everyone is, is, has had some growth, but there's also more leagues too. So true, which is which is good, and and it doesn't matter where they're playing paintball as long as they're playing. Well, the one thing that I've noticed, at least talking to uh, field owners, and I mean just kind of trying to put figure it out, right. just by having just getting different information from different people in different places. But it seems like the you know the, that whole the very entry level, the private group, the bachelor party, the birthday party, and then the JT Splatmaster coming out, something yep. young kids get in. Yep. You know, GI had been pushing the fifty cal right. years ago, and then they, they finally figured out a way to kind of get that with the kids. Yeah, we'll touch on that later in too, which is great because when. Richmond brought out 50 cal. The the point of 50 cal, and he brought out. He had a lot of um, tournament markers, but the point was 50 cal was a way for people to play paintball. Was a lighter marker, less expensive, hurts less. That was the whole. That was all his concept was. We got to change something because at the time you had airsoft starting to come in. There was other opportunities for for people to go use their disposable income, which is still there, That's which a, is still there. I so there's airsoft. So oh, yeah. airsoft. <laughs> sorry for all you airsoft fans out there, but I can't stand airsoft. Yeah. Man. Well that, that uh, they play airsoft. We play paintball. And that, yeah. that's, it's cool. I mean, Hey, there's, it's still a combat sport. That's rad. But I just, you know, when anytime I go to a paintball field that has airsoft, uh, and there's just dudes straight kitted out, tacticaled out. And then they just, it just, it doesn't, the reason why, it's cool. Hey, you, you want to go and dress up like a seal or go a be a seal dude? then? That's go be a seal. Well, that's really hard to do, and well, very few hey, people even can do that. Again, to everyone, to each their own. Do your own thing, and I just what I don't like. Like you said, everyone's bashing on airsoft or airsoft's bashing on paintball. Do your own thing, and I'm all makes, for people doing their own thing. Right. I'm just saying that to me, as as kind of a paintball guy who grew up in paintball and then having seen, and I've, and I full disclosure, I've never played airsoft, but right. I did have a BB gun when I was a kid, but I was just the battles. And, I, and when I watched those, those battles happen, they just don't seem to be as intense as a paintball battle, which to me, that's why I'm playing paintball. I want that intense fight. You know, that's the whole point. I want gunfight. I want it to be in, incredibly intense. I went and played a, a CQ B place one time and, and um, we're going through all these rooms and I blast this dude clearly just own him. And then I go, hey, you're out. And he goes, you didn't hit me in the exact point of where you need to hit me. I'm like, all right, well, here you go. So I just gave him a few to the head. And he goes, well, I shot you first, so now you have to leave because I shot you prior 20 seconds earlier. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'm out of here. And well, just, and that's the other thing about Airsoft is that it's very much the honor system, and we know, well, that goes over most of the time. Well, and Because, again, not to, to like again, I'm not bashing on Airsoft, but we, we played paintball, so we know like when we do get hit in the head or we hit, hit – we got to go. We got to walk up the field. Well, that wasn't happening there. So I was like, I'm out of here. Hey, well, again, cheating happens. Whatever. The thing is, is just, it just seemed less intense as far as the gunfights. And hey, man, if you are an airsofter out there and stumbled across this, hit me up on Facebook if you disagree. That's cool. But, uh, or I'm yeah, just. Same thing. I'll, send me a message because everybody, again, with, with, with paintball, airsoft, we'd be here all day actually having this debate. Yeah, so. true. Yeah, that's true. But again, I'm, hey, whatever you're stoked in, I don't even care what it is, man. If, if you're playing you're it, passionate about something, do it. Yeah, have fun get with you it. outside. Have fun. You know, with that's it. the biggest thing too that I keep seeing is the statistics of people that just don't do anything, like kids particularly. It's insane. Yeah, that's scary, I, I got here's a story. Uh, I'm talking to my nephews. They they we saw them for the holidays, and I'm like, hey, they're like, we're bored. I'm like, well, go out there and climb a tree, climb those trees. And like, climb a tree? Who climbs trees? I'm like, 
what? So that's where we're at now. Everyone's just climbing an iPad or, or getting on a, or a video game, which is cool because I play video games too. However, go out there and climb a tree, ride a bike, do something. Well, there was, there, there was this, uh, this is so scary when you think about it as far as its implications uh, moving forward. But this guy did a study in the early 70s where he went to a town in um, New England and he, cause, and he basically came to this because he realized that we know, he, had, he was reading studies about chimpanzees and a lot of these studies that were being done, Jay Goodall, all these different things. And, and he, he kind of realized, he's like, wow. And he, I think he was like a psychologist. I can't remember his name. But, uh, but so he basically realized we know more about the, uh, the behavior of chimpanzees than we do about human children. And so he went to try to figure out, like, what do these, what are these kids' day-to-day lives like? And so he went, and this is, again, early 70s. And he should have come into the Ravikoff household. <laughs> well, this, well, that's why I wanted to pick your brain about this, because you, I don't have kids, you have kids. Uh, and so you have two kids, um, Justin Ravikoff, as anyone that's been following the game knows, and then Brandon Ravikoff. Uh, you know, so J-Rab plays for Impact, and he's a dominator. He's one of the best players on earth. And then you have Brandon Rabikoff, who plays for DC Devastation, younger than Justin right. by, what, four years? Yeah, three, three and a half. Three and yeah. a half is yeah. the same, same as me yeah. and my sister. Uh, so, but anyway, so he did these studies on, in this town in, in, New, in New England, and he it came to the conclusion it was very interesting because he basically just, like, for two years, like, hung out with these kids. And asked him, like, hey, show me the places you're not supposed to go. Or, like, show me the places you go that you're not supposed to go. Show me, like, just, you know, give me the lay of the land, essentially. And he found that these kids, like, they had the run of the town, man. They could go pretty much – and this is a smaller town. So they pretty much went all these different places and they just explored and did all sorts of crazy adventures for kids. And and I grew up on a canyon and I had that same experience growing up. And and I always – and I've had conversations with my mother and father – about this, like, how did you, like, let me go into a canyon with rattlesnakes and, and coyotes <laughs> and cactus and, like, hills? And it was kind of awesome. It was amazing. And, it, and I really feel that that's one of the reasons I am who I am today was because I had that freedom to do that. But so he, so he did the study in the early 70s. Then he goes back to the same town. And because of the media's pushing of fear and because of how scared and how many, you know, you hear news all the time about, you know, These kids probably can't even walk the garbage to the front, they can't. front yard. So now all these kids, and when he, he went to the, again, same town, and some of the, the, uh, the, these kids were um, the children of the kids that he followed in the early 70s. And now these kids lead these, like, prison lives yeah, where they can't go and do anything. And... What does that mean for like us in the future coming from a long That's who's going to take care of us. We're doomed. This is America, man. <laughs> this is America. This is the United States. We are descended from crazy assholes who came here from all over the world to try to do something. Well, you know, climb mountains. I mean, like I uh, it was maybe a few podcasts ago, but the, the book that blew my mind um, that I read last year is a book about a guy named Charles Fremont. And he's one of the most famous explorers in American history, very few people know about him. I don't know why. Everyone knows Lewis and Clark, but Lewis and Clark, uh, you could very easily take the Pepsi Challenge with uh, Charles Fremont's work. I mean, he went on five expeditions, three major ones. He was part of the California Revolution. He was California's. I mean, like, there's a town named after him. Tons right. of stuff is named after Fremont. Gold Rush. Yeah, he actually. That's I could go. I could do a whole podcast about Charles Fremont. I love him, but but like, it's like you said, it's got to get out there. And back to my nephews. Well, they said. Well, we want to play paintball. So I got a 9-year-old, 11-year-old, and a 13-year-old all got paintball equipment for Christmas, and they've been playing every weekend since. So that's what we need. We need kids to get out. And whatever they're doing, paintball, skateboarding. Airsoft. Airsoft. That's fine. Baseball, football, basketball. Get out there and do it and and, and have fun doing it. And honestly, I've done a lot of clinics over the years. And I got to tell you, I have more parents still send me messages going, hey, 
the, the paintball camps that you did, my son learned more about how to work with others, how to communicate, how to be confident in himself. That's I love how to deal I, with adversity. Yeah, I love these these clinics that we that I've done and I continue to do um, over the summers because these kids learn and, and it's life things that they're learning. So I I love paintball and people ask they ask why do you play? They always ask me why did you play? Well, originally when I first played paintball, I thought about well why do I play? Where else can I go and shoot people and not go to jail? So <laughs> that's why Texas I, son, yeah, Texas. That's that's <laughs> why baby. that's why I Houston played hard. <laughs> that's why that's why I played. I played I played six months indoor at a place called Barrett's Paintball in downtown Houston in 1993, 92, 93, and <clears throat> I played there for six months before I even went outdoors. So I'm playing in this dark uh, four story building up top and. Heavy metal music's play, playing, crazy music's just playing every Friday and Saturday. And well, how did play. you even get into that? Like, how did you, because you were, you were in your, what, mid to Mid-20s, 20s, yeah. yeah like, so, like, everyone else, they're like, hey, um, we're going to go play, play, play paintball. Who's, like, who's they? Just, just, just random people back in the day. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, I didn't really know anybody. So I, we walked in. This is a great story. And uh, I walk into the building, and there's just probably 50 to 100 people there that night. And oh, it was at night. It was it was at night. It was like seven o'clock, and and we played till like twelve one o'clock at night. So you take this freight elevator that they could fit fifty people on. So we're going up, and I'll never I'll never forget this. Um, so you're in a freight elevator, freight with elevator. heavy metal music playing at night, first time, first time, and and as we're going people. up the elevator, there's a group of guys over there that got earpieces in, and you I could hear them coming over the radio going, uh, newbies on the way, fresh meat coming up. <laughs> Right, and I'm like, I look at the guys. I'm like, yeah, you know, I think we're the fresh meat and the newbies that they're talking about. Well, in that group, there's a guy named I don't, I don't know if you know. I'm sure you know him, uh, Viper. He does Viper Scenario. Okay. Well, he's one of the guys, Kerry Rosenberg. Kerry, yeah. Um, he was in one of that the, the group with those guys that had all the radios. Oh, okay. So he wasn't a newbie guy. He no, was. He was. He was, was going to be the, the hunters, at right? That point. So I walk up there, got a rental gun and a goggle, and I'm. I'm, my heart's racing because I'm like, I'm, let's do this. So we go on one end, they go on the other end, and I'm out there just getting smoked. <laughs> the, these guys are just crushing all of us. Everybody because they just the they time. they know everywhere they're supposed to go. But I'm going, I'm going after these guys. I don't, I don't care. I'm not scared. Well, after two or three games, and my gun isn't working. I'm like, it's it's working, but it's not working. These guys are Goggles just are yeah, probably yeah. So I'm like, I walk down to the pro shop. I said, hey, uh, I need that goggle right there. It was a Vance goggle, and I said, I need that gun. It was an F2 Illustrator. And uh, he's like, you just, you only been here for like 40 minutes. You might, you <laughs> yeah, might, but I'm getting murdered, and I need the yeah. Tommy gun. I said, Where, give you me have, that. Do you have a Tommy gun? I need yeah. a saw. Do you so have a saw he, back so, there? So he gives me, he sets me all up. He goes, uh, okay, cool. So he gra- gives, me the, gives me everything I need. I walk back up there. I, I tell, tell the guys I'm with them, like, let's do this now. Now we're going to crush these guys. Well, I continue to get smoked for the rest of the night. These guys just crushed us. But... I caught the bug that night, and I played every weekend, each week till we got to the point where those guys weren't doing that anymore, and I was doing that to them. And then we had a group of guys that were crushing those guys, but we never used their pieces though. But it, I got the bug and talking about it now. I think about it, and I want to I want to play right now. Let's go play. But when I started playing, we played there for six months, indoors, and then they said, "Hey, there's this thing. There's a tournament." Let's go play this tournament. I'm like, well, where is it? And they're like, it's outdoors. I'm like, outdoors? I've never been outdoors. Like, what do we do? So we're walking the field, and I go, so where do we start? And they're like, you start here, and then 
there's all these bunkers out there, right? Wait, hold on. What was the train like? Paint a picture for me in that warehouse. What was uh, it just like? It was, um, they had, they had a Western town. They had a bank. They had a, um, they just had all these cool infrastructure pieces that you would attack the, you had to attack the guys defending the bank. You had to get, get the money bags, you know, take it back to, to the other side of the building. Like, yeah. it, it was, there was structures everywhere and it was dark. <laughs> I mean, like it was hunt or be hunted. And I learned at that moment, I, you either hunt or get hunted. And I decided no matter how bad it was going to be, if, even if a guy was hiding behind a door or behind a, a, a wall, I was going to go find that person. Because well, it's really interesting that you say that. You were, you were either going to get hunted or you were going to hunt them because um, one of the uh, – <clears throat> so there's this awesome podcast. It's brand new. It's from NPR, and uh, it's called In- Invisibilia. So everyone out there, if you want to listen to a dope podcast, it's brand new. It's only got like two, I think, issue, uh, episodes out. It's called Invisibilia from NPR, uh, hosted by a couple of ladies, and um, they do an amazing job. But basically the concept is it's about the invisible things that exist in the world that control us that we, have, that we don't know much about and that as science finds more about it. So that's the concept. The first one was uh, – it's so interesting. I have like three crazy case studies of um, – of people that were, uh, you know, messed up psychologically. So it gave you kind of the, the trajectory of how, uh, as the, the discipline of psychology and psychiatry had basically how they look at thoughts. So that one was really interesting. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is the last one was about fear. That's where that study came from um, that they highlighted about the guy in uh, New England doing these studies with kids and how, you know, before in the early 70s, you know, when, like, I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s, right. when I was like, you know, I was born in 77. Right. You kind of same, you know, you grew up in a little bit younger before that. Right. But anyway, so we had a much more freedom as, as kids to kind of, and that's so crucial when you think about your development in your mind and what, and what you think about things and how you process fear. And so, but the reason why I brought this up is that, so one of the guys that was in that same podcast about fear, he was talking about how humanity, one of the reasons that we are who we are is because he, he was like, you know, and I'm, there might be, some more I thought about this, there might actually be more species that have done this, but we think about it. We went from being prey to being the predator. Yeah. And that is really fascinating when you think about it, but that also pertains to paintball because when you first start playing, you are prey. I was uh, You're prey. For the first first couple months I was and prey. The, yeah. That that changed. I knew it was going to ch- it changed that night. I just had to learn that field. I had to learn all the the, the shooting lanes, I didn't know that. They did, and they had months on me, a, a year on me already. So I had to catch up to them quick, and the only way to catch up was to go every weekend, which we did. And and like and like you said, the, the terrain was it's hunter be hunted. And that I learned right there in paintball that that's how I was going to play. And when we went to that, that, that outdoor tournament and then, you know, all these bunkers, I said, so I'm here, and where are the other team? And they're like, well, they're over there in those bunkers. I'm like – so there's nobody behind a wall. I don't have to worry about I, – I just got to go over there. And they're like, yeah. I go, this is going to be easy. <laughs> so I'm just running around just bunkering guys. And they're like, hey, you're not really supposed to like, get that close. No one does that. I'm like, well, is it against the rule? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, then – they're going down like that. That's how it's going. So <laughs> that's well. Then I'm assassinating these dudes. That's, that's just how it's going to go that's, down. That's how it went, and that's how I, I played. And it was hunter be hunted every time. And I, I'm glad it was that way. I'm glad I got to play. I'm glad Cliff Herring um, sold me that equipment because he was working. And Cliff uh, played on Houston Heat, 
and we ended up playing together on, on the Texas Bushwhackers and then crazy, crazy names, Texas Bushwhackers and then Houston Heat. And then he helped me with the GTS that I used to run a tournament back in the day in Texas and then Mardi Gras. So thank you, Cliff Herring, for uh, hooking me up that day and selling me stuff. And he, he laughed at me. He's like, you're going to not want to do this and go up there. You're still going to get crushed. I'm like, whatever. Like he said that to me. And I'm like, whatever. And I just walked out and yeah, I got smoked. <laughs> But that changed quickly. Yeah, but you were willing, but that's the thing, is that you were willing to go out and take that beating to eventually put beatings on other people. And, and it, what's crazy, you know, I, I, I see people's posts and pictures on Facebook and Instagram and all the social media that we have now, and people complain, oh, that guy got shot too close, or that guy did this. Hey, they have no idea. They, they <laughs> no have no idea, idea what... That's why I, I, I laugh a lot of times. They have no idea what it was like to play back then and then to play paintball back then because then you had teams like the All-Americans and the UK Predators and uh, Aftershock and the Ironmen, the original Ironmen, which I think that, that's, that team is what made me want to play paintball. I watched those guys play. I'm like, that's how I want our team to play one day with that speed, that precision, with that kind of communication. And, and I watched those guys. We go to tournament, and that's another thing a lot of teams don't do now and players don't do. When we would lose – we didn't leave. That was our rule. We stay. A lot of teams now, they, 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 in all the divisions, they're out. The first thing they do is get on a plane and go home, and they drive home. Don't. You watch games. Watch and see who the better teams are in your division. You're going to see or what they're doing. watch the webcast. Or watch the webcast, but go, go watch and see who's better than you. And back then we had, uh, you know, playing in 10-man, you played as an amateur team. You got lucky enough to play one of those pro teams, and you got lucky enough to get pounded into the ground by those guys. But the only way to get better was to play those guys. And they weren't nice. You play Aftershock or Ironman or uh, UK Preds or All-Americans or Tour de Force, GBD, all these old, old school teams, they weren't nice to you. They were out there because, one, they didn't want to lose to an amateur team. And, and so we, want, we had to play those guys. But eventually – with Houston Heat, we eventually started beating those pro teams. So, because I love the story about how you started Houston Heat. Uh, so you played these outside tournaments, and then because I think Heat started in what ninety five. It was ninety four. We 94. played. We started ninety four. So just a year later, then from your initiation, yeah, initial, you, that's when you started a team. Well, we we had the team, and like everybody, <clears throat> a bunch of guys that want to play paintball. So you had typical clicks. You know, I had a click over here, had a click over here, and we we're just trying to find who's gonna. Because we, we had a rough first year, but every every team is going to have a rough first year. But we just had to get a direction of who's going to lead the team to that next next direction. And I just said, hey, I think I can do it. I want to do it. <clears throat> I, I think I got what it takes to get other guys to see the system. And and we did it. So our first year in the um, MPPL slash, because that's what it was. It was MPPL back yeah. 1994. Yeah. It was MPPL. So we got smoked that first year, but we learned. We played teams like Black Sunday, which had Rich Telford and, and, and some of the old school guys that are crazy still around. Crazy NorCal guys. Yes, crazy NorCal guys. And uh, so we just played all these teams, and we just got better that year. It was a rough year, but we got better. And then in 95, we just started uh, bringing in some guys. that We brought in some guys from California, Brett Blanca and Eric Ward. And Glenn Forster was part of the team for a little bit there, and Rodney Squires. And there was always, like, we had a guest player somewhere on the team throughout there, but we also had good players in Texas. Uh, like Animal, a guy named G.A., uh, Josh Morris, Cliff Herring, Bo, all the original uh, Houston Heat guys, Ray Banks. And uh, we just played, and it was fun, man, just traveling. And we were paying out of our pocket, like 
I'm working extra just to, because back then you had to get airfare. There was no deals. It was costing us a thousand, twelve hundred bucks a tournament to go to five tournaments a year. But we love paintball. That's what we did. And and so, and, but tell me about that one moment where you you went into the meeting and you put up on the uh, on the whiteboard when you were like two thousand or you're not two thousand. God, uh, nineteen ninety five amateur champs. Amateur champs. I walked in. I said, I wrote in. I said. Houston Heat, 1995, uh, amateur world champions. If you don't believe that right now, leave. And that was a pretty bold claim because at the time, it's not like you guys were just you know lighting fires with talent level and experience that you had on that team. No, it was it was there was other so many you had uh, Lane's crew, uh, Team Extreme, uh, Team Extreme. There was there was so many teams that were better than us at the time. But I just said, if you don't believe that right now leave the room and, and there was a few people that left the room because they didn't they didn't believe they didn't believe me that we, you guys could achieve that, that we could achieve that we did it we won that title and we won that year and it, it's it's like i tell teams now stop making excuses stop blaming refs if you put a game a close game if it's tied 4-4 and there's a minute left in the game well that's your fault you put it into the ref's hands at that point there's gonna be a lot of chaos going on and guess what we watch sports at all levels. Refs make mistakes. And when we try to see the refs do, do less mistakes, and it drives me crazy too. I see some, some games where I'm like, man, that guy missed a call. But after you think about it, that's what it is. And it's whose fault is that? It's the team's fault for going into those tight games. Don't put your team in – don't go get those tight games. Yeah, man. and it's, t- it's tough to do. It's tough to do, and it's really easy to, to say, oh, we got screwed in that one point. It was – you know, blah 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 blah, and it's like, yeah, maybe maybe that was that maybe that was a legit call. You know, not all those calls are legit. Not all those calls are messed up, though. Sometimes they're completely legit. Like I've had dudes text me and be like, "Oh, dude, I totally got screwed on that," and I've like literally screenshot a replay that we had from the webcast and then sent them to oh. where they have hits on them as they're shooting somebody. I'm like, uh, "What about this?" And they're like, "Oh, my bad, dude." <laughs> I, I get that all the time. I get, hey man, look at this video. Name, Your ref missed this call on on this field or. This guy missed out. I, I, I get it all the time. And I try to tell guys at tournaments, hey, go in there. If you didn't play well, blame – it's your fault. At the end of the day, it's your team's fault. And, you know, like people like to just put blame. It's easy just to blame everybody else. And, and, and I've even probably been in, in, in that over the years, like, oh, man, we got screwed. But as time's gone on, like you said, you get older and you start thinking about it. And that's why I'm trying to push on now to teams. Stop blaming the refs all the time. Well, it's not productive. It's it's a waste of time to deflect the the. Um... Hey, look, we watched the Cowboys game, the Cowboys Lions game. I'm from Detroit. I'm a I'm a Lions fan. It's been rough to be a Lions fan, but but they got hosed in that game. We all watched it. We all seen it. But guess what? It is what it is. Yeah. You got to deal with it. So yeah. well, I mean, everybody knows the reason why the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Is well, they because did, yeah. of the balls. Yeah, I they, mean, they, that could be the only thing. That's the only reason. That's, that's the only reason. You know, I mean, it has not, nothing to do. <laughs> With this, with the skill or any of that, it's, it's obviously that those balls were you know two and a half pounds underflated per square inch, yeah, per square under, inch underflated. Under, deflated and oh so. god, man, that's so funny to just listen to people grasp at straws and bitch about stuff that and just. That's when I knew I'm like nothing. It's always going to be that way, but that's the same for like going back to, to Houston Heat. Think about it, Maddie. The following year, we won the title in '95, but the following year. Like in any any people start going after your players and they want to they want to pick up your players. Well, 1996 in Pittsburgh, I don't know if you remember, but I could have seriously changed the course of paintball that day because back in the day, again, we had an opportunity when if you had enough points, 
like Houston didn't have enough points to go pro. Oh, that's right. Because we beat the Ironmen, which for me, like I just beat the team that you idolized. I idolized, and we beat them. And I, I was like, we just beat the Ironmen. And at that time, very rare that an amateur team beat any of the pro that teams. Was, that, that was always news. Anytime an amateur team beat a pro team in the pre- prelims, because like Rab was saying, you know, you used to play six games in the prelims, and it was a hundred point system. Um, and sometimes it was pretty close as to whether or not you could get in to that semifinal match and you had to play one amateur team. Was it one or two? I think it was one amateur team or two amateur teams. It, it, two amateur teams. It was two amateur teams. So you could not lose those games. Those were supposed to be, you know, you Just hopefully you money bag. Yeah, hopefully you'd max them out yeah. and defeat them and, and score 100 points. So you beat the Ironman. We beat and you the had Ironman. Enough points. We had enough points to go pro and everybody wanted the Ironman out because. You know, think about the other proteins. It's like Dynasty now. Nobody yeah. wants Dynasty to make the semifinals. No, they don't want. They, do, they don't want to well, deal with them on Sunday. Oh, you, know, you don't want to play Dynasty on Sunday. But Sundays. that would have just been you're sending the Ironman home on a Saturday. Like there is no Sundays Sunday finals for the Ironman, and that would have been the first serious pro team to be sent home. And it was just shady how everybody was like, "Hey, do this, do that." And I wanted to go pro. Who doesn't want to go pro? But I just didn't feel like the team was ready. And yeah. This guy's trying to offer me this, and I'll give you a photo cover here. We'll give you sponsorship here, and all these crazy things that were happening. And we didn't go. We ended up not going pro. Easy Company ended up winning their one of their only tournaments. And this is the not Easy Company, easy. but a bad company won. Okay. But Easy Company was Ed Porman before Avalanche. Before Avalanche, Chris Lasoya. Well, they end up. We don't go, and after that tournament, Easy Company becomes Avalanche. So if that doesn't happen, those guys, Chris Lasoy and a some of those that guys, you ended up playing on. I ended up playing on three years later. But if I do that, those guys play on Houston Heat, and Avalanche never happens. Which is interesting because Avalanche is where Infamous came from. And so, Miami Effect. It was, and, it was, and Miami it was Effect before that. Avalanche. Don't know but that. Miami Effect was a small. Yeah, it was a was quick year. Team, yeah. yeah, it was a quick year, and then it became Infamous. So. But these, but the lineage of these teams goes back. Yeah, know? I mean, it's, because that led. That year, ninety six. Then I, and I, the following year, then I joined uh, Team Image with with the Mamas and Dave Thomas and Animal from Houston Heat went with me, Charles Carosen, and uh, that's where I got my first pro win. Again, that that next year, then we got to play New in New York, play against the Ironman, beat him. I beat him again. So now I'm like, man, this is this is getting sweet. I'm beating the Ironman, but it's also the team that. I, I idolized. So I caught them on the tail end of when they started going yeah, down. So, But then you played for the Ironman next year. Then I played for the Ironman the next year. And that, that was a, a, a rough time for me because that, that period, that's when I moved out here. I was working for Die, and uh, I was going through a divorce, you know, some, some personal oh, things in my I life. Remember. <laughs> this is, and this is when I met you. I'd, I'd seen you around because I was like, you know, the younger kid on Navarone coming up. And I saw the trajectory of Houston Heat. And I was like, what a dope story. This is awesome. And then, uh, and then you became paintball famous, so I was tracking your career as well, too. And then you went on the Ironman in 97, right? Yep. And I got on the team in 98. So yep. then when I got on the team, that's when I met you, and that was, like, probably the lowest point for you. Yeah, I was, I was just, like, you like were miserable. I was miserable. And I'm trying to play paintball, and honestly, if you're not into it. Raise two kids. I got work, two kids, work, school's going on. I'm coaching uh, kids basketball. I got crazy kids parents screaming at me it's just it was a crazy time but i also had sea world at the time too i had season <laughs> season tickets to sea world and um, it's like you know how your wives out there and your girlfriends uh or ladies if you're listening <laughs> you know how like you revere target or your ladies revere target target is just like i always call target the church for women because they know where everything is they go there it's like they're their 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 safe place uh that was sea world for you Man, I went to SeaWorld like 
who like who you go to SeaWorld maybe once or twice a year. I was going like four or five times a month. Those poor captive orcas and dolphins <laughs> just doing flips for your enjoyment. We would go there and, and Justin and Brandon, especially Brandon, he's like learning everything about penguins and we're sitting there watching looking at the penguins one day and someone's like well, these penguins do this, and Brandon's like, no, these penguins actually do this. This is when they, they mate and they do this. And I'm like, man, I need to come to, keep coming to SeaWorld. These guys know what's up with, with, with penguins. But that time, I'm trying to play paintball on the Ironman, and that was just a rough time, as you saw. I remember, I was kicking boxes. I just wasn't happy. That was when I started right. That was like my first kind of writing gig. <laughs> and uh, one of the first ones I did was about you kicking boxes. Um, God, I can't even, what was that article about? I can't even remember, but you were one of the characters in it, and, uh, and it's just a, a I, <laughs> compared to where you are now. In my head, I'm just comparing like how jolly you are. I mean, you're you know you're an intense dude, and you get really passionate about things, but you're not a miserable slow son of a bitch anymore. No. You were so miserable back then. M- miserable, and 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 like you said, I'm kicking boxes at work. I'm going to practice, and 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 I'm. Getting crazy. Well, well, I'm just to tell the story. So I'd be, I worked in the warehouse at Die at the time. I was finishing up school at San Diego State. Uh, put, I was doing random jobs, and one of, but one of my gigs was working in the warehouse like three days a week, um, building barrels. So like, if you bought a die barrel around that time, guaranteed I made it. And uh, so I'm like cleaning barrels off and just putting stuff in boxes. And, and Rabbit, is, he's a salesman for Die, comes out of his office slams the door, kicks a box. And this was a regular occurrence. This happened like, this was at least two or three times a week. And Rab came out and, you know, just howling at the gods, screaming, kicks a box. It goes flying past me. And I'm like, and then you just, then you just like, you know, everybody that knows Rab's got like really thick shoulders. So you, you always punch your shoulders over when you get mad and then like stalk <laughs> off with the growl grimace on your face. Just, you know, so mad at the gods. Just kicking boxes. Yeah, just kicking boxes, man. Hey, it was all cool until I kicked a box that was full. I never told you told you this, but I kicked a box one time that had barrels in it, and I played it off. Like, yeah, I kicked the box, but you guys didn't know, but I broke my toe. I, I literally broke my toe. I never told anybody because I'm like, yeah, I don't want them to know I'm hurting. I walked around the corner, went to the bathroom, and I think I cried because my toe, it was literally broken. And I... Don't kick a box full of like forty barrels. Well, Steal. Dude, it, it lets, I mean, hey man, if your life is devolved to the point where you're just like yelling at the ceiling and kicking inanimate objects on a regular basis, like something needs to change. But yeah. you know, you were going through a really rough divorce at the time. You're you know by yourself raising two rambunctious kids. I mean, dude, having Justin and Brandon around in the warehouse was problematic because we'd always be telling them like. Hey, stop playing around in the warehouse. Like, this is not a place for kids to play. And then, like, I remember that one time, me and Davey had to duct tape Justin together because he wouldn't listen. You know, he wouldn't listen. And you're I came busy out doing there, your stuff. And I hear him, Dad, Dad. And here he is. You got him all duct taped. And it was actually a, like, a sweet, pretty sweet moment because I turned around and went back in the office. I'm like, good for him. Yeah, well, I, well we grabbed because we grabbed Justin by the scruff of his neck because he was running around. And he, you know, ran and listened to whatever Justin said because Justin's the older brother. And I'm, Justin must have been. I don't know, six or seven at the time, not that old, but he wouldn't listen to us. And we're like, me and Davey, we're like, all right, dude, you're not going to listen. You're going to pay the price. And so we finally grabbed by a struff his neck, grabbed some duct tape, hogtied him. Like, like imagine, you know, like the, like the Aborigines would take the, the victims to the, to put them so up and awesome. roast them, pig, pig roast them on the fire. Like that's how we tied J-Rap together. Like tied him up full of duct tape, tied his feet together, tied his arms together, tied that together, like with a handle. And left and him. And then we just, well, no. Carried we brought, him around. No, we, we carried him around while he's, and then Brandon's like punching up. Like Brandon, <laughs> he was a scrappy little kid. He's like, you can't do this to my brother. He's like punching us in the legs and 
Justin's like, stop it. And we're like, just talk tight. And we're like, hey, you're going to learn your lesson one way or the other. And then we, when then me and Davey brought him in, Davey Williamson brought him into your office and dropped him off. We're like, hey, we told your kid to stop playing in the warehouse. So this is what happens. And, and, and you're like, and then he looked at it and laughed. And then you're like, well, Justin, that's what you get, man. You know, so this is what happens when you don't listen. And, and, and it was a good moment. It takes a village to raise a child. It, 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 yeah. And I, could, I remember when, when we were working, I could hear them running around there. I'm like, man. These poor, poor people have to deal with this. This is just not good. Uh, but no, you made it through that trying time. It made it, but but raised what, two great kids. Raised, raised two kids, doing it on my own out here, and and I stopped playing for the Ironman. I took a break. I'm like, I just need to stop playing paintball. And that's you know, like I remember our first tournament. Billy Wing played our, his first tournament in Atlanta, and uh, I remember our, our game was against Texas Storm. And I'm like, hey, this is your first game. He's like real nervous. I said, man, just go out there and have fun and. Hunter be hunted. Go stick somebody. And that's that's what he did. And I remember Billy's first game. I remember when you started playing. I remember when Davey started playing on the team. Just I, I, I've seen all the players that we see now. I remember all your first games. I remember uh, out of Camp Pendleton out here at a Pan Am, uh, Lofty's first tournament, which had Oliver and Alex and Yosh and uh, uh, Angel. I remember their first their first, uh, their first tournament because – that tournament, Justin played a, a game, a team called Ham and Cheese with, with Sonny Lopez. Just you know, he's never played paintball because. Well, back in the day, we'd play these little tournaments because you could win autocockers, and then if you win that autococker, you can sell it, and then you can go play the next tournament. I mean, the Iron Dynasty would not exist at all. I don't think there would have been a dynasty because they would have got picked apart. Because um, we already had picked up Oliver. Like Oliver got on the Ironman when he was seventeen in '99 or 2000. And all those other kids were still around, but, and Oliver was the first one to kind of grab the shine. But Greenspan, and anyway, but uh, but they went and they won every single tournament in the Great Western Series in a, in a year. Yeah. And they kind of convinced themselves, I think, that, hey, we could do this. And, and that was the reason why Dynasty became Dynasty. Right, and they, they, they again, like like I did, I started playing, and they just kept, they, they stayed together. And we saw them play, and at that time, so I take a break off. I take off a year, and then there's a tournament up here at SC Village the following year. Now we're talking 98, 99. So I'm going up there, and then Mark Knopp goes, hey, so what are you doing? Like, what's your plans? I'm like, this is Mark Knopp from Avalanche. Mark Knopp from Avalanche. you got to like, remember, not everyone out there in the yeah. web's land knows who we're Mark, talking about. Mark so Knopp, explain. one of the funniest dudes in paintball on Avalanche, says, what are you, what are you doing? I said, no, I'm gonna, he goes, you're going to play paintball again? I go, he goes, you should play. I go, yeah, I'm going to play. I just haven't figured out. Who am I play with you? He goes, well, you should play with an avalanche. Now try it with avalanche. I'm like, cool, whatever. And I walked away. Didn't think I'd, I'd talk anymore about it. Well, then Ed Portman comes up. We start talking. He goes, hey, you should come out to the next practice. Now, at the time, avalanche is starting now becoming an up-and-coming team. They're, they got a good roster. And I'm like. But this is before they really went on to the stratospheric levels. Ex- ex- exactly. They were one of the top teams. They were still kind of mid-level bosses at the time. M- mid-level bosses, right. So I'm like, cool, I'll, I'll do that. Let's. let's 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 talk about it. So we talk, and I go back home, and I'm like, screw it. I'm going to play. So I go to a practice in Pittsburgh. I don't know. That was the end. I don't know. Six weeks later, go to a practice. Ed says to me, goes, guys like you, you're in if you're in. I'm like, cool. And Travis Lemansky came out at the same same time. I'm like, Travis, Travis Lemansky yeah. runs Infamous. Run, who runs Infamous right, right now. Yeah. He, which, again, Avalanche turns to – Miami effect for a quick year, and then infamous. Well, he's still on infamous and runs infamous. So, yeah. me and Travis joined at the same time, and uh, 
and Glenn Forster was a, was the captain at the time. And then I'm telling you, it's not even a couple practices. Ed's like, hey, do you? We'd like to have you a captain. I'm like, captain? I don't want to be captain of this team. I'm, I just want to play paintball. Like, I don't I don't have time for this. Like, Glenn Glenn knows what he's doing. Leave Glenn alone. He's like, no, he doesn't want to do it anymore. He also wants to play too. I'm like, man. I'm not trying to be captain. Think about this monkey squad. You got Chris Lasoya, who can't even like tie his shoes half the day, and Rocky Cagnoni, Mark Knopp, Travis is on the team now. You got Sean Ellis. You got God, so many, so many players. Charismatic dudes. Weasels on the team. So you got a lot of egos on the team. I'm like, I have no business dealing with these guys. It's pirate shit, man. Yeah, and. You do look like a pirate captain. Though. <laughs> I mean, if, if you've never seen Rabikov, like he's bald, he's a sweet goatee, he's a pretty big dude. You look like you could have been a pirate, pirate captain, captain back in the day, for sure. You can kind of get mean sometimes. Yeah, and, but and that's how pirate ships ran. Pirate ships were like one of the first democracies. It was a democracy. And and and, and the way I we did teams, anything that I've been involved with, man, if you can't get if you can't get ten people, twelve people, fifteen people, seven people, whatever's on your team, if they're not all on the same page. You're not going to win, but if they're not on the same page, what, what made Avalanche for that three to four year run that we had, why we were winning, because we were a good team on the field. A lot of guys didn't even like each other. I mean, like there were some guys that just didn't even care for each other. Weasel and Chris didn't care for each other, but on the field, we played paintball. But what made our team that much better was what we were. No matter what, they might people might not have liked each other, but they always had each they other's back. They came backs. together for the, it, the, cause. the chemistry, and you see. Like teams right now, if you look at teams like Dynasty over the years, their chemistry off the field has just been top notch, and that's why they've won for so long. Impact right now, their chemistry off the field is is as amazing, and that's why their chemistry on the field is is amazing. So, well, it's different. It's interesting though, because when you break those down, I mean, Impact is a little bit different than Dynasty. But Dynasty, the reason why Dynasty has found success, one incredibly stratospheric level of talent, insanely talented, but. That that dynamic with with Alex and Oliver and Ryan, who are all very kind of antagonistic towards each other. I mean, you could just put a camera on those guys when they're walking fields and just listen to them talk shit to each other. It's hilarious. They're they're brutal. But they it's the but it's the way you would kind of talk to your brother, you know, or like your or your wife, or you know, like a, a relationship yeah. that's unbreakable, pretty much. So you can kind of live in that that realm where you can kind of be a little mean if you need to sometimes because you know. You know, at the end of the day, you're still connected on a level that, oh, no, that I, you can't exist on. But, he, and then Yosh is kind of the glue because he's that voice of reason guy. And so, but that's why that works. I mean, you have to have these, you know, disparate, but also like basically, you know, everyone's a little different. We're all working to the common goal and they all have different strengths. And then hopefully you have somebody that can help tie those strengths together by cutting through the bullshit when it need, when that needs to happen. Like, all right, all right, enough, enough, and enough. That, right, and what, that's, do say? what do you have to say? And that's what I tell teams now that start in division four. Because that's where the rank it starts now. Division four, division three, division two, division one, semi uh, semi pro challengers. Then move up. Start in the ranks. Work your way up. Get better. M- always move up, and 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 practice the better teams. Get pounded. Stop crying. When I see you guys at at, at fields throughout the world and you're crying to practice because you got overshot. Come on. I mean, like that's what it is. Stop crying and play paintball. Thus speaketh the old salty pro. I, I say the same <laughs> stuff all the time though, but you know, but that, and that's kind of when we had Grayson on here not too long ago. And you said, did you read that thing? Grayson? I, I read it and you know, I read the comments back and forth. The people are saying what Grayson said. I, I, I like everything Grayson said. Cause a lot of time, a lot of things he said is I, I would love to say, I'm just not in a position to, to say those kind of things. <laughs> it's, I'm in a different position, but from a player's perspective, 
that was the that was a problem for me that I had to turn off because when I crossed into the line, and I still say this to this day, when you cross in the line, like me and you played against each other, me and your friends, but when I cross the line, you're not my friend. And and, and I shouldn't be yours. Mm-hmm. I'm there to crush you. I'm there to smoke your ass. I'm there whatever I gotta do to beat you, I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I'll talk to you if I choose to. And a lot of times there was rivalries back then. Iron Man and All Americans didn't care for each other. Aftershock and All Americans hated each other. Avalanche I had the rivalries as well. There was guys, teams that we didn't like, and that's the problem we're missing now. There's no true rivalries. I think, there, I think those actually are rivalries. The guys just aren't willing. I've talked to a lot of guys. I'm like, look, it's incredibly important for the health of the game that you guys open up a little bit, you know, and actually, you know, because anytime we put a camera in, if it's like, oh, you know, how would that last game go? Oh, you know, we just we played great. Um, they played great too, but we just played a little bit better than them. It's like that's not really what they're thinking in their head. They're no. like, yeah, we just smashed those dudes. They and, suck today, you know. And, and, and they, that's and those, what they get for talking trash. Yeah. prior to that, and, so and there, like there was rivalries. I mean, like even on like uh, Marcelo had put up. He he got the new software finally in in his DM, so he went out to shoot it, and uh, and he actually because he was you know because there'd been you know that's something we should probably talk about too, but um, there had been. Some rum. There have been a lot of rumblings. Like, hey, this is a drastic change. Do we should we really go down this road? And uh, and Marcelo went and shot the gun, and he was like, he came back, and he, when I, when I talked to him, I was like, how'd it go? And he was like, dude, oh my god! And I thought he was gonna be like, you know, like some of the other guys have been like, I, just, I don't know about this. this. is terrible, or like, but he was like, dude, oh my god! He's like, it was awesome. And I was like, for real? And he's like, yeah, dude. And so I went and listened to him shoot the gun, and he picked up the that rhythm that you need to yeah, get. You have- he picked it up quick. And so he posted a video on Instagram, and then uh, Chad Bougere was like, oh, it's way different when you go play, bro. Wait till you see. And then Marcelo was like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, it only takes one ball to shoot you, you know. And then, like, they were, like, going back and forth. So these there are rivalries out there, you know. And it, there needs to be. That's 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 – I played – for a couple of reasons, I wanted to win. I didn't care about the prizes. I never cared. I, even when we were playing at the pro level, there was money for us to win. I, I didn't play for that. That's not why I played. I played to say I beat the Ironman's ass. I beat Image's ass. I beat Aftershock's ass. That's what I played for. I didn't care about the prizes. I and I still don't like. Everyone now plays for the prizes, and I get it. Yeah, it's expensive, but when you play to win, all that other stuff will come. And that's well, the problem. T- people are too worried about. They, they're playing for the prizes first. Play for the win, man. Just play. Play. You're playing with your brothers. You're playing with your fr- your family. Go to win. Well, it's also, and, and I, I say this with the caveat of that. Make sure, obviously, that you're getting your day to day stuff taken care of. But after that, you know, I mean, what, okay, so you know, it's like, uh, like, what's the, you know, everyone always wants to talk about ROI, right? So if you take that to a personal level, it's like, okay, yeah, paintball is real expensive. But like we had talked about in the beginning of this conversation, I mean, you're producing what you're getting for that money is, is, an, uh, is an adventure so potent as far as adrenaline and teamwork and camaraderie and travel. You're getting an adventure so potent that it's very man. rare. So you're paying for that experience. So as you get older, you're going to then also have friends. If you go and play tournament paintball, that's why everyone's interesting. Like, and I, it's kind of funny because everyone's like, "Oh, family, this or my brother's this." Like, there's a reason why that has evolved organically. It's not yeah. like somebody came down and was like, "Hey, you should refer to your teammates as family. You should refer to your, these really best friends you've cultivated through the paintball life right. as brothers." No, man, no, that didn't come top down. That's some organic shit that just grew out because the experience is so potent. You get such an adrenaline dump that you're all of a sudden locked into this goal with this person. It's so visceral that you develop these relationships. What's the ROI on that? 
You know, it's like we always joke in the, you know, it's like there's certain things that are important. I, honestly, that's, that's for me, it was always, it was always that. What's I played, the ROI on your mom? I, you know, I, and it's I, like, like think, think about it. Things that are so crucial to the enjoyment of your life, like, you know, like your mother. What's the ROI on your mother? You know, the woman has done everything for you, you know, I mean, for the good ones, at least the ones that did the, what they were supposed to do, but there's no, there's no such thing. No. So it's like when you can't necessarily look at that way, like, yeah, dude, it's expensive. And if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't do it. And right. you, and you shouldn't be mortgaging your house. I just, we all but, found a way to do it. And that's, 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 and again, like, cause you know, I'm, I run leagues, I've run leagues and I always hear, well, what are the prizes? They always talk, what's the prizes? And I get it. I know why they're, they're playing, but when they forget about the prizes, those automatically come if they're playing to win, if they're practicing to win. If it, and when you go to practice, you practice the way you play the terms. If you do a shit, shitty practice and you're late, teams show up when guys show up whenever they want. That's what you're going to get out of practice. That's what's going to happen at the event. So if you take it serious, your practice, you play it, practice the way you're playing the tournament, you're going to win. What you do during, like Marcel's doing drills, he, um, Scott Kemp, I see always is out there doing drills. If you put the time and effort in, you're going to get the wins, and that's what it is. And and, and when I was coaching basketball out here. I'll tell you the story real quick. We it was it was Brandon's team, and we ended up losing the game. And <laughs> I'll never forget. Moms come up and they go, "Hey kids, it's okay. You guys lost. It's you you're out there trying. It's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. You try." And I said, "Yeah, good 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 one, mom mom dad everybody. Okay, I'll go away." And I told the kids, I said, "Look, man, it's always what they said is 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 incorrect. It's about winning." You're here to win. And if you're not here to win every time and you practice hard, then forget it. If you're first, not, and this isn't Rick, Ricky Bobby's line, if you're not first, you're last. That's the way it is. If you're not first, you are last. And that's the way you put that, Everything is about winning. And I told these kids. Did you I tell said, them that they need to get up in the morning and piss excellence? <laughs> I, I, I told these kids. I'm just and, a big old American winning machine. And the kids get up like, in the morning and piss excellence. My mom said it's all, all about trying. I said, well, listen, no, it's about winning. If we're we're, we're going to we're going to win this championship, and, and we ended up winning that championship yeah. that year for that. But it's the same thing I tell kids, man. Today on paintball teams, practice to win. You're not going to win every tournament. No one's going to win every tournament. But damn it, you better try out there to win every damn tournament. Yeah. And quit crying about. Uh, the ref screwed me. That guy overshot me. You know what? If he overshots you, get him on the next round. That's all. I mean, that, I mean, within the rules. And 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 I see it. I'm coming to bunker you, and, and I give you an extra. Well, guess what? That's the way these guns shoot. And if you don't like it, don't play paintball. And if you're going to be a keyboard warrior, and or go, just or just go and play, just play for fun. Go play for fun. But yeah. if you're going to be a keyboard warrior, crying like a little baby on on the he internet, does. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiding behind your little names, which is annoying. I see these guys. What's the point of posting? If you don't like it, just don't play. That's all. I mean, but that's because what it is. Because it gives them power, Rab. That's why. And in a world that just takes away your power all the time and you feel completely inconsequential, it's a little invigorating to get on your keyboard and just talk mad shit. And, and, and li- I hate it too, though. I don't mind. Crazy. I've I, never been one of those guys. But it, I, understand, I, just, but I understand where it comes from. But it's, just, it's one of those things. Like That is never going to stop. I'm cool with it. But if that's but one post of you, your name. stop. <laughs> post your name, man. At least, at least if you're going to post Matt Marshall, Steve Ravikoff, whoever, post your name. Don't hide behind your little... little like that movie we're talking about, Ask Clown 999 number, whatever it is. <laughs> just just post it and say your name. And, and then I can respect that. But when you're, you're talking trash about a team, a league, a sponsor, an event, because nobody at an event, people don't realize what it goes into t- to run an event. They have no idea. Like I've run events where we had Mardi Gras open. We had 175 teams giving away 
jet skis and motorcycles to local events where you're giving away. I know I almost won one of those yeah, jet skis. Yeah, I know you did. You came damn close in that one-on-one. God, sparky. Yeah, oh, sparky. sparky. People don't, uh, I don't oh. people know we had a one-on-one at Mardi Gras Open, and Matt played Sparky. I can't remember his last name. Well, this is a story. I think I've yeah. told this story on the podcast before. I don't even, I'll never know his last name, but, right. but I, I, well, we got knocked out. So the five-man Ironman team that I was playing on, because it's five-man, so we got knocked out. So on Saturday, so we didn't make it into the semi. So what do we do? It's Mardi Gras. Well, we stayed up all night, and must I must have drank. I don't know. 500 like gallons 500 or something. 500 gallons of some like ruby red flavored weird hurricanes <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. At, 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 uh, anyway, so so we stay up all night, and, but knowing that we're going to go to the field and like support our, our buddies, you know, our teammates or brothers the next day. So we show up and it's now nine o'clock in the morning and uh, Todd Adamson comes up to me and he's like, you're going to play the one-on-one. And I'm like, what the hell I am, man? I'm just, I haven't even got, I haven't got to sleep yet. I'm still <laughs> drunk right now, man. There's no way I'm going to be able to play the one-on-one, dude. I've I have a beer in my, look at this, I'm drinking right now. You want me to play the one-on-one? I got no sleep. And he's like, well, you have to play. And I was like, why do I, I don't have to do shit, man. I'm not going to play. I'm going to get smoked, dude. I, I, you, I'm seeing two of you right now. And he's like, well, you have to play because I already paid for you to play. And if you win, you win a jet ski. And uh, since I already, I paid for you to play, um, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Uh, I get the jet ski, I give you a thousand dollars and it's good free. investment for him. Right. Well, I, well, I was like, cause he had done that. He had put like, he picked a lot of the top dudes and he, he put a few, quite a few he in put there. A few of us and in he there. comes up to me and goes, I'm taking your jet ski. I'm yeah. like, I don't care, man. Do yeah. what you got to do. So, so I, so then I go in there with, and it's weird. Cause you know, when you play with nothing to lose, so I'm half drunk and I'm just I'm like, just, you know, again, didn't sleep. So I show up and, and I, and I literally had a, I had like, you know, a little three pack. And so I had two pods full of, uh, of paint and one full of beer. And, um, and so <laughs> I remember this, man. So, this is yeah. so awesome. So I go out there thinking like, dude, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to even come close. I'm just going to get smoked. So I just played loose. I, did, I played with nothing to lose. And I just started winning. I was kept beating everyone and put in front of me. And so I get all the way to the finals. And Sparky is what's, what's great about the story. I mean, there is a part that's great to it now. It wasn't at the time when you lost, but Sparky is just like a, a, a D like, like you would e- you equal to a, like a D three or D four player now yeah. on a on a just a he local was like team. A local team. There was he was their stud. You know he was like the local stud. But that kid had and a, he was just and he had a, this unorthodox style and, and he was beating everybody. But he beat everybody. So and and I mean he was beating legends. You yeah. Know? And uh, so then I can't I think I beat like Adam Gardner and Marcus Nielsen to get in to like that was the semi and then I or the quarters and then I beat I think Adam or one of the All Americans to get into the finals and I, now and and I'm like oh I'm playing this like this this divisional guy yeah, I'm gonna smoke this dude I'm about to win me a thousand bucks <laughs> and uh, and I go out there and oh, as soon as I t- turn around for the first like burst I get shot right away and I'm like oh what the all right. <laughs> This is some bullshit. So then I'm like, okay, just wipe, you know, forget about that one because it was the best of three. Yeah. So then, uh, so I'm like, all right, now, right, now I'm down one. I now I really got to get it. So I get in and I'm like, you know, playing really well. I get to the fifty. I'm, you know, I'm getting this kid. And I'm put. I've just been controlling him the whole time, and he just comes out with a wicked snapshot. Bang! Gets me in the loader, and I'm like, <laughs> I just lost a thousand dollars to a D three player. <laughs> and that kid. Man, he he jumped out of his body. Well, the greatest thing is he got up for the award ceremony was just straight like Ray Lewis or like Ricky Bobby. He's like, yeah, I just I play to win. You know what I'm saying? I didn't come here to lose. You know this. I knew right away this jet ski was gonna be mine. Dominated everybody, and I'm just like sitting there, like in my head, like he did. He oh went. He God. went through the the cream of the crop. Of he did. Everybody. He earned it, man. He earned it. That, it was it was a good story. And and for everyone, that's, if you're listening back, if there's a one on one somewhere in the world. 
I don't care if, if Oliver Lang's in it or Justin Rabikoff or Marcelo Margot or, or Archie Montemayor, enter it in because in a one-on-one, anything could happen. Well, yeah, especially if it's only a race to three yeah. or a race to two. Enter it in, man. Yeah. Go for it, well, man. Oliver had to, in the Millennium one, Oliver had to play, when he won, he had to play against uh, like some 14-year-old kid that made yeah, it all. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. Because, again, a one-on-one, it's that, that one ball. You just need that one ball to go through. So, Yeah. But, yeah, so – but. I got you off your, your train of thought. But, it, but. It, I don't even know what we were talking about. It doesn't matter at this point, but we were talking. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. We were talking about tournaments, going to play tournaments. Oh, you were, you were, uh, talking about how, you were, you were bitching about people complaining. And yeah, just, just, thugging it out. Just, instead of complaining, try to do something, do something about it and, and, Get out there instead of being a problem. Be part of the solution. And, well, and, and, if, and if you feel – if you want to criticize – look, everyone has the right to criticize. That's the magic of living in the United States, what should be. You know, I, there's yeah, a lot I, of com- debate about free speech with all the stuff that happened in France. But still, like that's the way it should be. But there, if you want to actually format change, it, it's – and that's the thing. You know, a lot of these guys, that's all, they, that's all they can do. So that's what they do. You know, They don't have – they don't run leagues. They don't have a, a way to let you know. So if they really hate someone, that's going to hate someone. But it's almost like – you know, it's like whatever. I don't even – Dude, all as somebody that creates things or living in the public realm, even at a low level, it doesn't matter. Like it, whatever you're doing, like you just you have to be willing to uh, accept the criticism from the world and keep moving forward. You know, that's just that's life. That's life as a creator. Whatever you're creating, creating a company, you're creating a product, you're creating a book, you're making a movie, a song. Once you create that thing and it goes into the world, well, then that's that's all you you've done your job. And so you really have to. Not be, you know, you, you know everyone talked to you, you got to be Teflon, you know, and that, that's very true in a lot of sense. But you also do want to at least listen. Like, I, I listen to all the criticisms that come in with what we're doing for the webcast, and then I can ascertain you, whether you, or not. Yeah, you to have to. to you got to listen to, like, guys will call me, and you know, it's crazy. All this has been going on with the PSP, with the rate of fire. And listen, we've seen, we've been lucky enough to see it go from Woodsball to Hyperball. And when we went from Woodsball to Hyperball, everyone said, man, this is the stupidest thing ever. Like th- this is going to ruin paintball. And I got to play in the first hyperball tournament. It was in England. I went over there with Image. And we played some of the tournament in the woods. And then we moved and played hyperball. But everybody was hating on it. It was, And again, we didn't have social media back then. But it was enough that you knew everybody was hating on it because that's what it was. Everybody was just hating on it. We played it. And, you know, man, this is actually fun. This is different, a different, different type of paintball. Then we went from hyperball to airball with the tubes and people are running around tripping on the tubes saying this is the stupidest thing since sliced bread then they moved the tubes and they said this is stupid without the tubes then it's just always stupid and this is just lame and then we went from um seven man 10 oh, and 10 man 15 15 man 10 man seven man then we started playing the race format x-ball when richmond brought out x-ball and they said this is the stupidest thing ever so guess what it is it's a new change deal with it everyone's gonna be playing in it and those those divisions just deal with it and, and and quit crying about it. Just go out there and play. Like, and and honestly, I can't wait. And here's why for me. As soon as I saw that, I think I even posted it. Let the skill players, the skill players are gonna like rise to the top now because some of these players don't even listen to the, the guys screaming on the sidelines, anyways. And if they were smart, they shouldn't. All the because there's a lot of chaos going out there. But you're gonna see some skill players, and, and and I can name five of them in my head that are just gonna just destroy yes. people this yeah. year and my I, I can't wait i'm not going to say who those five people are. i know who they are in my head and you probably have your five or ten i think certain teams and certain players are going to well, do well who do well. you think who do you think team wise i think Dynasty's going to do well with this because this is something they know i think teams that have played 
um, that format, that slower ball where they have to think, where skill comes in, are, are gonna are gonna do well. I think um, certain teams are gonna. It's gonna be a transition for them. I think the Russian Legion guys. I think they're a great organization, and they're again, they're not gonna complain about this. What's gonna be great about that team is they're gonna transition to it, right? Teams like one eight seven are gonna transition to it. Aftershock, Mikey Bruno. He he knows he knows this now. He's got to put it into his players and say, okay, this is what it is. Deal with it. Impact is going to do well with it because they got a lot of old school players that learned, understood this 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 concept of of, I guess it's going to be a lot of communication, and and honestly, I think it's still it's still going to be some fast games. And and uh, I'm looking uh, Ironman. Some of the you know you got some of the old school guys that'll preach that into their guys. So it's going to be the same dudes, same teams duking it out. You're going to see some pri- some su- surprises this year. Um, especially because of this, uh, X Factor will do well with it. Certain guys on that team, have, they played a lot of, of the older format. So I think that you'll see some teams transition quicker and other teams will work to it. And, uh, and then you got some surprise teams. Um, some of the younger teams, how, how's Revo going to do? You know, TMG's moving up this year. I, AC I'm ex- Dallas. AC Dallas. I'm excited to see what these teams can do. And I think, I think some of the changes we've made, and I think it's going to balance out a little bit, obviously Houston Heat. How are they going to do? That's the big question. Like they're transitioning with their with their old squad back. So I'm excited about about the season. I can't. Infamous should do well. Infamous will do real well with it. Well, I think the the story and what makes it fascinating. When I, I think it's the reason to want to see what happens is that there's a, a lot of these changes, a lot of new teams. I mean, we're we are moving into a new era of paintball, and that's one of the things I think you have to keep in mind is that uh, if it, you've only been in the sport for a couple of years. You know, you, you kind of look at the PSP changing things or paintball in and of itself changing things as things go on. And, you know, that and kind of railing against that, going like, oh, why do we keep changing things? It was, wor-, you know, and there, there's some merit to the sense that, like, you know, what, what we were doing with the rate of fire before was working in the sense that people weren't, the guns weren't cheating and guys had a level playing field, et cetera, et cetera. But do we on the top level, you know, do the guys, and I, I'm, you know, I didn't get to make this decision, but. You know, just having the frame of reference. And neither did I for all the people that keep asking. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I didn't, I didn't get to make this decision. But but at the same time, you know, again, knowing that, you know, so I could sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, I didn't get to make this decision. Oh, okay, if I didn't get my thoughts in it, well, then it's bad. That's a wrong way to look at things. But, you know, so it, it's, again, it's what type of spectacle are we delivering as, at, you know, for entertainment level, for fun as far as playing is concerned? Those are two kind of different things too, potentially. Um but also, they are truly trying to create, like you said, an area where the skill will rise. Because if, you know, as we well know, if, I'm, if you're out there playing and you, your mind is working faster than your opponent's and is able to put the variables together quicker and the dude's not shooting a, a Gatling gun at you, it's going to enable you to make moves easier than and, the other guy. And, and, and I, especially when we were playing, when I, I, played, I played the snake and kind of a big dude playing the snake. And what I did is I tell guys... Use your ears, man. Your ears will tell you everything you need to know. Who's shooting where, when they're shooting, and try try not to play with tunnel vision. See the field. And that's why there's a handful of guys in paintball, as we speak, that can see the whole field every game, every point. And they're not just following the snake side. They're not following the Dorito side. They see know the whole field. Oh, there's five guys. All right, it's G2. Where did these G2 come where where'd it come from? I got snake corner and I got Dorito 1. Okay, so that means that these guys are here. And then you pop up. But a lot of guys can't do that. They can't see the whole field. And I tell guys, when you play paintball, see the whole field. you got to hear it. 
and you got to use your ears. And especially when you're playing the snake, you don't need to see the guys. All you got to do is listen to them. They tell you everything that they're doing. Well, also, and, and, and also the, the way your bunker is being shot. You know, what, what's happening to your bunker will tell you where that guy is, what angle he's shooting from, and, you know, your ability to walk fields. And if you, if you, I mean, you know, in a snake, I mean, a lot of, there's this one, the trick that Marty Bush taught me when I first got on the Ironman was that, you know, because I was a front guy. So he's like, look, you, when you're walking these fields out here, you can, you know, if you're laying in the snake, you can't see the back corner because you're down in the snake. But if you look up, sometimes you'll occasionally be able to see a pole. And if you angle it right, you can kind of see, oh, well, at the top of that pole, if I take that level in my eye and I'm here in this specific spot of the snake and, I, and I, that pole is where that back corner is, well, I just have to know that I set myself up right where that pole is. So I see the pole and I know that if when I pop up and shoot, that's where my shot's going to go. So, you know, it's, again, about thinking outside the box and as far as the fields and walking the fields, and which is another thing that people are going to do now. And another, it's just, look, we're, things are being changed because – as you can very well, it's blatantly apparent when you look at the history of the game, is that this is a really new game still. Yes, it's been around since its inception for about 30 years, but, you know, the, we've... It's, it's, it's evolving. It's, it's evolving. Continue, you got to continue to change and, and get, like, everything you do, like, okay, 2014, I did some things in 2014, I want to be better at in 2015. Well, that's the same thing with the league. It's the same thing with the AXBL. I, I run the AXBL. I want to make the AXBL better. Than, than it was in 2014, better than it was in 2013. So it's we all try to do things that are better, and sometimes people like the change, and sometimes they don't. And you just got to deal with it. Like last year in the AXBL, we took away people um, coaching on the sidelines because a couple, couple reasons. I had to break up a couple moms and dads ready to duke it out and fight each other. Talk about soccer moms and soccer dads. Wow. <laughs> like I literally had to come in between one mom and one dad ready to throw down at an event. Now, I see that at a lot of events, so I think you're going to possibly take that away. That, and I get people are passionate and heated out there, but, man, come on. Let, the, let them play. Coach, the, the whole counter-coaching thing, that, that's another thing that's kind of out the door, which, you know, like. Thank God. And, and it, it just became to that. the point. Like, I had to hire a, a big dude to stand there and say, hey, man, just stand here, and if people start getting loud, just tell them to leave or rough them up whatever you gotta do like like it, it's crazy and like you said we keep changing and, and and you know what some of these changes might be awesome some might not be but guess what they'll change them again to continue to find where like you said it's, this game's evolving when when richmond brought out expo everyone said what the hell is this this is crazy but look where we are now 10 12 years later from it so it's we keep learning and 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 honestly for teams the expense man it's expensive out there. Like a lot of cases, you're traveling, your airfare, your hotel, dinners. If you can lower your cost a little bit, why not? And well, from a pain, that's one of the questions is that a lot of the guys have been wondering: Is this coming from the? Is the desire to slow the guns down coming we had from nothing, just the league? Is it coming from the paint manufacturers? You know, where's the conspiracy theory here? Is it the guns? Like, why would they do that? You know, so there's a lot of people who are just kind of in their minds questioning why this is happening, and then you know, so the PSP is saying which. To be honest, again, not my decision. I didn't make this decision. But when I was told that we were going to semi-auto, I was like, wow. I didn't think that the PSB would have the will to try to make that change. I feel that's a good change because it will make skilled players shine. And this game should be about skills. And for all those people out there like, moving your fingers fast is not a skill. Dude. Oh, let me really? tell you. I, when, I mean, here, listen, come on, man. When I, when I played with played an avalanche with, with, with really Chris LaSoya, he come pulled on. the trigger faster than anyone else. And he so he practiced that and he was 
faster. Everyone said, oh, he's cheating, he's cheating, he's cheating. No, he just practiced that, that, pulling that trigger faster. Like, like you said, Marcelo's got to jump. He's already figuring it out. Um, Justin said he, he played with it. And he's, he's still like 50-50 on that. I played, he, he played over the weekend. I said, how, how do you like it? He goes, picked it up real easy. It's just, it is what it is. He goes, it's back to what I played in the first place. Yeah. So I, it's just, it is what it is. So it's practice, man. Well, and to me it was, and I said this last year when the, when the rate of fire went from like 12, five to 10, uh, again, 15, it went from 15 to 12. and went, went nuts about that. Everyone's freaking out about it. And then I watched every single point of every single game last year. Not only did I watch those points, I commentated those points and then watched many of those points again. I was with you and you were there. So I'm just saying as somebody who's seen a lot of these variables, like that, it did not affect the game. It really didn't affect the game. You know, what, it, you know what it comes down to? It's guys, it's, again, it's the will of the player and the team who wants to win more. That's, and, that's what it comes down but to. But also man. for me was like as we went from woods to hyperball to airball and into X-ball, to me it was just always about, all right, well, are all the best teams doing this? Yeah, all right, well, that's where I want to be because that's to, that was that was the adventure for me. It was I want to play against the best paintball players in the world and I want to beat those guys. That's, that's that's what I want. I want to be one of the best players in the world. I don't care what the format is. If if we're going to play the woods or we're going to play one on one or we're playing three on three or five on five, I played all that. I played scenario games. And when I go play UWL, I want to play the best teams and I want to beat them. Yep. You know, I don't. Doesn't matter. Like it's. All I'm going to play that this man. year. We're going to we're going to play you should, that. You're just a paintball player, man. It's like you know, and that's the thing. Like that's the cool thing about the game. There are different ways to play the game. Um, you know, even big games and of themselves. You know, like big scenario games. To me, it's like. A lot of the tournament guys are like, oh, it's stupid. Scenario games are dumb. Those guys are just playing war. It's pointless. It's cheating. It's rampant and this and that. I'm like, yeah, have you been to one of those games and like sought out a battle? Like anytime I've ever asked a general, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that, dude. Unless I can do that from up front. But if I'm like worth points or something, like, no, count me out. I'm just – because all I do is try to get the hardest dudes around, get them together, and then we go out. And then you, as you walk out to that field where there's – a hundred to a thousand to three thousand people playing, and I just listen. I listen for where the fight is. Hunter be hunted, right man. Right into that fight and try to find the and try to bite off the biggest piece <laughs> that I can bite and die my glorious death. That's what we would always like. Me and Sonny Lopez used to talk about this. At like you know, because you get separated and things happen. But you're like, hey, did you get a glorious death? And then you get, and then it's the story. Like, oh yeah, you know, and it's that typical like the fish was this big story. You're like there was fifty guys and it was just me and there's tank was coming and it's so you because know, awesome, it create again. It's about it's about, had, it goes back to what we're talking about in the beginning. It's like, dude, I'm out here trying to find signposts for my life, man. I want cool shit to happen. That's what I want. Hey, and I want to relish you, and if, those and experiences. If you have not played a scenario game with tanks and all that cool shit, go play because that I've played games with Rocky and, and Travis. I got some of my funniest stories watching uh, Rocky Cagnoni. We're in a tank and he says, we're going through and we're in a hot zone, man. There's a lot of, lot of dudes. I'm talking like three, 400 people in this area. And I'm like, man, I would not put your head up above up there. He goes, I got this, man. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm Rocky. Whatever, dude. So I'm shooting through the, this tank and I don't even know how we got to the story anyways, but check it out. He sticks his head out and I hear this, me and Travis hear this boom. And you hear this clank, and then Rocky comes down and turns his head, and he's got, like, two gallons of paint blasted on the side of his head, and he's got, like, his head. You can see it's starting to swell up. Like, and he's like, he hits the, the tank driver, and he's like, yo, swing back, take me in. And I said, what's wrong, Rocky? He's like, man, I should have listened. That was probably the worst hit I've ever had. But, again, paintball, fun-wise, just go out there and, and play. Yeah. I mean, dude, I had a great tank story from. Uh, I got a couple great tank stories. We'd be here again, t- telling 
Tell take, a story. Yeah. Take well, story. But, that's, but that's what it's about, though. It's about finding the story. But, but again, there was a rule. There was rules that you had to play by. And I'm like, well, these are the rules. Well, that's kind of crazy. And then you're like, well, that's what the rules are. So you, you went and played. That's the same thing with the PSP now. That's what the rule is. Go out there and practice. Either get on board and get with it and get good at it or don't play. Go play a regional event that's maybe not playing that or play play a different form of paintball, but still play paintball because it, either get on or get off. That's that's it. And, and stop being that keyboard warrior, man, crying about it because, you know, I, I've, I don't post and comment on a lot of things, but I, I see what's going on out there, and I'm, I'm listening and paying attention. But, man, I've seen some hilarious posts, and I yeah. just can't. Well, it, it again, you know, I mean, to, and it, hey, it, it's to your, keep it an objective, I, I, I agree with you, and it does – it's a frustrating part of our modern reality that across the board, not just in paintball, is that, you know, people that's are, you know, ultra negative about stuff. But at the same time, as somebody that runs, I mean, all we can do is just do the best you can, put it out in the world and let the chips fall where they may. And the, again, the, re, the reason why people do that is that's the only power they feel they have. You know, check check this you out. Do. We just brought out the dates because we put out the dates for the AXBL. First term is going to be April 11th and 12th. 10th and 11th and somewhere in the second week of April it's going to be at San Antonio X Factors first first start of the XBL and then we switched it up this year we went to Houston at Houston Zone in May now I don't care where, where you go in Texas starting in April May it starts getting warm but it gets really warmer in June and July well I already got guys complaining that I moved the tournament to Houston in May because the tournament last year was in July and then I'm talking about the tournament in Dallas in July and you can imagine how hot it is in Texas in July, no matter where you go. So, but I got guys complaining already this, their displeasure that I put a tournament in Houston in May. And I'm sorry, guys, Texas is hot from here to here. <laughs> I, I don't know how to fix it, but like, unless they can give me. Just build a dome, Rab. Yeah, well, Why can't you just build a dome? But that's Stop what I'm, being cheap, bro. That's what I'm dealing with now. I'm dealing with guys complaining that we put the date here. And we haven't even started the league yet. We haven't even started the season yet. Yeah. So I'm dealing with dates and, and, yeah. and weather, and we haven't even got there yet. Which, yeah. for every league, there's so much work that goes behind the scenes of a AXPL, a PSP, a WCPPL. Mike Hinman runs a great league. Um, MILP, Will's out there running a good league. There's so many leagues out there, and there's a lot of work that goes in, in these leagues and in the PSP. And, and give these guys a break, man, because, one, imagine being a ref. Sitting out there, either getting rained on, or in, in ninety-five degree weather, getting shot to pieces all day long, getting yelled at by the crowd or by a coach or by a ref. Just I, I watch these people screaming and yelling, and I, and I think over the years, I'm probably I was probably one of those, right? But then you were definitely one of those, uh, yeah. <laughs> and but, but you've wised up now, right? I've wised up, but our refs were being we were refed by our peers. So it was a little bit different. That was different, yeah. You know, so it, it was just a little different. Well, but, but for people that don't know, so back in the day, uh, you had to ref one of the five events. Because um, it, it kept – there was a couple ways. It, you thought it kept it balanced, but go on. Well, no, yeah, so you'd have to ref – so the Ironman, we'd always ref the first event. Right. Ground Zero would ref World Cup. And then depending on, you know, Aftershock would ref Chicago. We would – Avalanche would, get, would ref Chicago. you get first place points for that. Um, and then you play the other four events. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, so you're being refed by your peers. Which, which most of the time you were refed fairly. Then it was always where you felt like you got a bad call, and, but you always knew that you were still refed by your peers. So yeah. when you were yelling... Well, if you did get screwed, that's why that, that was the fear. That was the if fear. You, that, if, you, if you were refing and you screwed a team over... That well, you would get screwed at the next event. So yeah. you tried to just ref people fair so you didn't get it, and that was the whole point. Even though 
John Richardson, what I, what I say is probably one of the better players in paintball ever, was probably one of the worst refs in the history of all paintball. And what I mean, he, he just didn't want to ref. So I would tell him, you know what, you'd do better for us if you just go to that tree and camp out there. And he was like, cool with me, and that's what he did. But that's how it was back then. So it was a little different. So when I was yelling at Matt Marshall on a call, I was yelling at my peer, like the guy I play against. So and that was the difference between now and then. And you have these guys out there just getting roasted all day in the heat, roasted all day by players. And then just there's just a lot of work that goes into running a league. And if you don't take the time to – look around, maybe you should this year. Whatever league you're at, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes and to make that event. One, you're trying to make it safe. So you're telling these guys barrel covers, barrel covers. And then I had a guy tell me last year, I'm like, man, put your barrel cover on. He's like, man, you guys just creep on us all day long about the barrel covers. I'm like, well, I've been in paintball 20 years and I haven't lost my eye and I'm trying not to lose my eye. So, Of just, course we do, dummy. What's wrong with you? Yep, of that, course we're harping on you about barrel covers. So, just and then 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 the famous I'm like you have a barrel cover they're like no I'm like well go in your friend's gear bag and grab one of his and he's like well he doesn't I'm like well go buy one he goes well I'm broke I got all my money in paint I'm like so it's always a battle but it's it's a hilarious battle and and but I you know what with the AXBL going back to this again we started the league four years ago and we had twenty something teams we first started like anything that you that you start a league. We were starting something in Texas that never had been here in, in 2014. We were getting 40, 50, 60 teams and, and all sorts of divisions. We, we introduced um, Young Guns, and the Young Gun was a $150 entry, and then, but the teams got three cases that was part of the entry. So they're basically playing paintball for free because if you just bought a case of paint, that's what you, know, can, you can buy paint for 40, 50, 60, $70, depending on where. So we introduced this three-man race to two format where it gives these kids an opportunity to play three-man in the race to two format. So then the following year, they'll go up to D5, race to two, and then keep moving up the ranks. And that's what we've seen the growth in Texas, but I've seen the growth all over paintball just in that division with the young guns. And that's what we got to keep going is paintball and, and – you guys got you got guys out there that are true ambassadors just trying to help these kids come along. And we got to continue that because that's the next generation. These kids, and you guys, I see these kids out there playing, and I, I just want to keep seeing paintball get to the next next level. And, and we're all waiting for that holy grail of Coca-Cola or Powerade or Red Bull, and I'm never going to give up on that. And actually, you know, we had uh, uh, Rockstar Energy at, at a tournament, and it's close to them wanting to be involved, so – keep our fingers crossed and maybe maybe it'll continue to happen but even if they don't come on and they don't come on the PSP or they don't come on in this league whatever we're just going to keep going and try to think make things better well again the strength and I say this to our podcast listeners all the time the strength of the sport is in you you know it's it's in that grassroots movement that does not want to live these timid ass lives boxed in into our little caves that we've created to keep us away from the world and fear fuck that man are you kidding me get out there and live your life and that's if you have kids, get them involved. Even if it's not paintball, let them, make them do something. Don't just you know, put them in the prison and hope to God that they're somehow mystically going to evolve into these well-rounded people. No, man. You have, to, you, know, you have to experience loss. You have to experience pain. You have to experience things in the real world. You grow from that. You know? I mean, that's how some of the hardest material in the world is, is created. You know? And that's you – know, I mean, in order to create 
um, bulletproof vest, you have to take the oil molecule and push and pull it and, you know, in this cauldron of science in order to create something that it will withstand a bullet being shot into it. Create you know? Kevlar. Yeah, exactly. And that, but that, that's what it takes, you know, and that's why that whole concept of the crucible, you know, and like paintball is a crucible and other things can be too. Jiu-jitsu, mixed martial arts. When you say crucible, I'm ready to go play Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but that's the thing is that, yeah, and dude, video games are fun. I love video games too. Play video games. Video yeah. games are good for your hand eye. They're good to keep your mental acuity. But at the same time, like, you know, you got to get out there and experience these things. There's so many different ways to do it. I mean, and, and also, and try to keep it positive, man. That's the big thing. Like, keep the big picture there. And this, the mainstream dream, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be an ongoing fight that every single person listening to me and Rab's voice right now is fighting. And it will never stop. It's just the way it is. And, and it's crazy that, that, that you go to these events and I think back all the tournaments I've been to and all, I just see all the guys screaming and yelling and including me, I'm sure, over, over the, over these years and it it's hilarious just when you if you are one of those guys that are screaming and yelling just catch yourself just think about it as it's happening man i'm that crazy guy but what are you screaming and yelling about and that's what you have to determine what is it worth it at that moment and remember sometimes it is sometimes Sometimes it's not here remember this when you're screaming and yelling at the ref that you're going to go play more matches on and still early in the day you might want to rethink that before you start calling him names because I always tell the refs, try, ref the way you want to be refed. If it's a 50-50 call and you have to go, well, I don't know, that's, and, and, you're, and you got to do these, these quickly, give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Because there's guys out there that are truly trying to cheat and trying to hide their hits. Get them when they do that. And the other guys that are truly just, he didn't know he was hitting. If, if you think he's cheating, get him. But if you don't think he's cheating, don't, don't, don't give it to him. And that's, that's what I, I try to teach guys when they're refing as well because refing, man, it, it's it's hard, man. It's no joke. And then, and, and so now you're refing, then you're playing, then this one's trying. You're trying to make sure that this is going on. There's a lot going on, but we do it. You do the webcast. You love your passion on the webcast. I love doing the webcast. That's my way of staying involved with paintball. Obviously, when. I'm not watching Justin or Brandon playing or any of the guys that I've coached over the years. Hey, bro, you were just telling me uh, before we even started pushing the record button that you're going to go back and play again because I mean, you feel like you can compete all Dude, like uh, GI Sports, we started a series called uh, the Wired Series this year, and we wanted to just do something different and mic guys up and and similar to like NFL, you know, you watch these guys on the NFL Network and mic guys up and just get a different cuz a different perspective of what guys cuz a lot of times you don't know what guys are doing at practice you don't know what they're thinking what they're saying and, and that's we introduced that this year and it's just been phenomenal we love the series and people are just saying give us more give us more and we created the wired map where cuz guys were complaining that they didn't know what they were they would be cool if they knew what they were shooting, what what it's is all, it's context? Yeah, what's God? What's Where the baby? Is he and what's he doing? What's what's this? Yeah, so we added the wired map, mm-hmm. and 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 then this year, uh, uh, Cena was in town. We were doing a meeting, and, and uh, he's like, "Hey, Cena it, is the uh, the media guy for media, GI, media guy for GI, and he filmed the Impact series. So if you haven't, yes. if you haven't seen the Impact series that or the has. Rookie." Cena's filmed that. It's filming all the wire stuff. We've, we've had him on the podcast before. Yeah, Long time listeners will yeah, know Cena. Yeah, so. Go check out the Wired series on the YouTube channel for GI Sports. And but he he was in town right during the holidays, and Justin was in town, and Brandon was in town. We had Nick Sloriak in town, and uh, they're like, "Let's go out and play paintball." I'm like, "All right, that's cool. Let's uh, let's go play." I haven't I haven't really got to play in a while with with Justin and Brandon, so let's let's go play. I'll go play with the kids, and um, he he threw a little loop on us, a little little Cena did Cena did. And he's he's like, "Uh, yeah." 
I need extension cords and we're going to bring Christmas lights because it was right before Christmas. I'm like, what? You want to do what? You want to play paintball with extension cord and Christmas and lights. Christmas lights? He's like, yeah, it's Christmas. It'll be a Christmas wired ver- ver- um, version. Like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. That's why it was funny. It's That's funny why it was, it was funny. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> well, you're no. seeing when, you're, <laughs> when you first put the lights on you. Uh, like you got that rab shrug and you were just like, man, I haven't played since Nam, and you're about to put Christmas lights on me. And then and then he's like, I need you to go to the snake and I want you to go snake in the break. And I'm like, man, I haven't played in a while. Number one, you got Christmas lights all tied to me they're on the front and they're the big bulbs and they, they came off my house that morning because my house gets clark griswold craziness so it, that's another story we'd be here for a while talking about that but the, the lights come off the house we get there he wraps up brandon first and I'm, i see brandon playing him and brandon's running around the extension cord is, is pulling and then he gives him the means but i'm playing and i'm playing in the, and that's and the, we, were, we were testing the new the new rate of fire and i'm playing i'm like and I, I pulled the trigger back back in the day. I wasn't as, as fast as the other guys, so I just I made mine count when they needed to. I got close. That's the way I, again, hunter be hunted. I got closer as best I could. I never, I very rarely lived throughout a whole game because my job was to go as a snake player to go get out the snake player. That's the way I did it. So he 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 signed. He puts these lights on me. He's like, go play, and I'm pulling the trigger. And I had so much fun playing. And I was like you said, I haven't played since Nam, but. I can play like I'm, I want to play this year. Will, will I play? I don't know, but I'm going to play somewhere. I played with the uh, Leds and the Sandbaggers and the CPPS um, at the end of the end of the year. We were in Division Three. Well, for selfish reasons, can you just limit the playing to say like regional leagues or big games? Because I kind of want you to do the webcast again this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, again, just pure pure selfishness. I'll, on my I'll part. do that. I'll I'll just keep it local, and uh, maybe I'll just go. I mean, play it's hard with. enough getting you over there as it is, because you got to run the GI booth, and then you got to coach the, the DC that, devastation. D- that's dudes. crazy. Yeah, like get there early. I'm usually Maddie and the, Maddie and Rab in the mornings, and I like doing the mornings because for me, once I get the booth going. And we get all the teams dialed in. Everybody knows what field they're going to play. Get them, get them their paint. I, I love doing the webcast. That's for me. That's that's still my connection to everything that we do. And I'm I'm connected everywhere through through the teams playing. The I love like when I'm done with the webcast, I go to the boot check in, and then I go see what our teams are doing. All our GI sports teams from the Division Four field, Division Three, Division Two. Like since we started the company in 2010. You know, we started GI Sports, and everyone, and I, for everyone that laughed at me and Opie in our little box truck with six skids of paint in 2010 when we first started the company, a lot of people laughed at us. I mean, just flat out, we're like, you guys are kidding me. You guys, you guys are a joke. 50 cal, and we had six skids of paint there. Well, that tournament, Russian Legion ended up shooting our paint, and so did Chicago Aftershock. Well, they ended up winning the tournament first and second, and we won the event as GI Sports, and that tournament just for our company, just set us in motion to everything that we, we do. We spent a lot of money giving back to tournament paintball, to paintball in general. Uh, we, we do a lot of sponsorships out there with certain teams at all levels, and it's expensive for us to do this, but Richmond built the company based on that, and that's, that's what we're going to continue to do. And, and, and that, that moment in 2010 when we are in that box truck, and it's like 98 degrees at that event, <clears throat> and – all these guys are just walking by us, laughing at us, just la- laughing at, at our company, GI what, GI who, like, just laughing at us, everybody that I've known for years. I don't think they're laughing too much right now because I think we've, every year we've worked hard 
to keep helping paintball, being part of regional leagues. Yeah, the regional leagues, and then you guys also have the Imperial program. The Imperial, like we we start even work. Okay, so here's how it works: Imperial program. You wear our gear, shoot our paint. I give you back your money, first place. Wear our gear, shoot our paint at the PSPs. I give you back your money, second place. If you are shooting our our exclusive GI clips geo that we have for this 2015. If you win first place, I give you 25 cases at the next event. So if you take first place, I give you your money back at the event. And I've, at the next event, you've already got 25 cases waiting for you. Great program. And each year we've, we've, when we first started, we've, we've grown with that program and learned what works, what doesn't work. And then now we've added the regional program. So if you play in these, that was my next question. You, you play in the affiliate. So now you're a, a team in the Midwest and you play all the PSPs. You go to the events, you do well. Cool. If you play into one of the leagues that we, that we sponsor in the regional league and you're the overall winner. And I look, look at the end of the year and I see that Matt Marshall's team won. Then I give you another bonus at world cup. Or if you don't go to world cup, I give you either 30 cases or I give you 20 cases, additional bonus, just, just because you won that regional event as a bonus, which me and you never had anything like that. I mean, like, I wish I had some of these bonuses. So it works at the regional level, and it works at the uh, uh, international level with, with tournaments throughout the world. But it also goes more than that. We, like, we, we do video with our teams. Every, every tournament we've, we've done turn, uh, a pro video, and we've done divisional videos where we show, I mean, how cool is it? You're, you're AC Dallas or TMG or... Uh, gosh, there's so many teams. Team Prime playing in Division Three, Division Two, and then you're seeing videos. Again, we didn't get that. I was trying to get to the pro division to even get uh, a magazine cover if we were lucky, or 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 pictures. Well, we are promoting our divisional scheme because I think those those divisions are the most important. I mean, yeah, I love our pro teams, and we're going to continue to uh, promote our pro teams at X Factor in Chicago after Shack One Eight Seven, Houston Heat, Edmonton Impact, and. Uh, Numerous teams that we have, but it's the it's the core man, the core guys down to lower levels that they're trying to get up. See, we mean you've been there, so I know what they're going through. I want to help them. That's why I go to the pits. That's why you'll see Opie in the pits. You'll see Greg Pauly in the pits. You'll see Matt Bott and NBA in the pits. You'll see us there because we want our teams to do well. We're not just coming to come to the booth, come to the truck, and get paint, and then just walk away. We want you to find that that right basket because everybody's guns. They shoot DMs. They shoot geos. They shoot Bob Longs. They shoot Lux, everybody's guns shoot differently, so you got to find that right batch for for those markers, and that's what we're we've done since we started, and 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 it's tough, man. Well, and also this is I think something we should probably ask you about because I don't think a lot of people realize this. You know, the cost of paint is always comes up when they, people talk about paintball getting bigger or that sort of stuff. But and I didn't really get it until I went to the GI manufacturing facility in Montreal, um, and it blew me away how involved it is in order to make a good paintball. It's the, first of all, the encapsulation machine is incredibly prohibitively expensive. Uh, and, and then making an actual ball, like you can, like anyone can just make paint. Well, anyone with an encapsulation machine that knows how to like run it, which is also a pain in the ass, but you can pop a ball out, but then it's kind of an art to get the ball as could, brittle as you want, as big as you want. You, you making the ball is because the ingredients. It's almost like because you you, know, you go in and it's like I remember the chemist that was there. Uh, what the head chemist guy was telling me, he's like, "Oh yeah, you see this gelatin?" He's like, 
and he was explaining paintballs and how they were made and how they formulate the shell and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, it's kind of the same ingredients as uh, gummy bears. But, you know, think of a gummy bear and think of a paintball. Like, it's, it just seemed like there was a lot of art involved. Yeah, there is. And right now, uh, Cena just made a video how paintballs are made. So you could check that out on our YouTube channel now. And you'll, you'll see an in-depth in detail of what goes in. That's what people don't realize. They complain, oh, this paint's so expensive. Why is it so expensive? Wherever they live in the world, because everybody's got to run their business differently. But to, to buy the machine, that's one thing. Then you got to have all the components to get that machine to run. Then you have to make the, the the formula. Then you, like you said, once the ball is made, then you have to cure it properly, dry it properly. Then you have to go to what, what's first rate, what's second rate, what? How do you get to that paintball? Then remember, guys, you have to make a paintball that is for climate, because every time the weather changes, you got to have a ball that works for possible cold weather super hot so you want to ball either in certain weather you want it to be harder so you're changing the formulations and the process as the year progresses based on mother nature and and how winter or summer or where that that batch of balls is going is it going to texas in the summer is it going to new england in the winter or is it going to europe in in the fall and now so you go based off of past history but then mother nature throws a, a wrench at you and she says oh it's gonna be warm now so now you're in a cold area where it should have been warm. It's, it's, it, you just got to deal with all this. It's tough, man. And that's what we deal with. Paint manufacturers have to deal with. So it's not just – you go to a tournament, I hear guys – or I see guys go, oh, man, the paint was bouncing or it was doing this or it was, or it was too brittle. Well, it's made based on that time of year, where that tournament is. And, again, Mother Nature, as we know – it, it, she could be always, nice. Yeah, she, the, she's not the always. Paintball, the paintball gods are a little fickle. Right. When it so, comes to the weather. As so it's we well really tough. And, and guess what? I think everyone forgets that paintball wasn't made by a robot all the way through. It's made by human beings. And we're not perfect. So it, 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 nothing. I don't. I, I don't know anything. I, my, my iPhone. I'm gonna throw it through a window right now. This thing. I charge it 100. percent Whatever time get, it is, you gotta and, get that Mophie case, baby. Yeah, it adds a whole eighty percent to. Uh, the, 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 well, give me your damn Mophie case. <laughs> I'm nah, I'm good. I'm good. Right but it, there's a lot that goes on, and and you got give people give the paint guys a break because there's a lot that goes on making a paintball number one. But then the tournament changes by by weather, man. And you're trying to make a ball in Chicago at this time of year. And I remember two years ago it was 140 degrees crazy hot and then the year before we had like in the mornings it was 50 55 we're wearing sweatshirts going what the hell is going on and it's never been that cold or, in Dal- or dallas last year dallas last year friday saturday was you know it was in the, like the 50s um it was brisk but it wasn't super cold and it definitely wasn't hot and then on sunday it was like 35 degrees me and you were in the, me and you were in the boot just freezing that was there. that was miserable that was probably the worst even with all the rain and lightning we've had it, those were scarier as far as like lightning hitting the tower but, it was freezing up there but it was just torture for 10 it, 11 hours right so now 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 you get, you're made paintball and then you're like well we didn't plan for 35 degrees at this time of year so there's a lot that goes on and and that's why we we try to continually and our teams if you look look at the teams that we have the gi imperial teams and all the divisions we got it we want our teams to do well because when our two teams do well i mean there was one tournament man we paid out like five divisions first and second and i had to, i get back and richmond's like what <laughs> i'm like hey man it's that that's the game the house 
took a hit this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, you think so? And I'm like, yeah, sorry. And, he, but, and then he says, you know what? It's worth it because we, we, our teams did well. So those guys all drove home or flew home. They won. They're excited because we know what it takes, all the practice. We know what it takes going in, but that's what we want. We want our teams to do well. They do well. I advertise that they do well. More teams shoot our paint. And, but it, you know, people are like, oh, I can get this over here cheaper. I can get this over here cheaper. Yeah, but it's the whole basis of the Imperial program or whatever program that you're part of. Do what's best for you, man. Yeah, because everyone's got programs. Everyone's got programs. Do the program that you that you feel like is best for your team. But understand that there's a lot that goes on with with these programs, and just pick the one that 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 did you see and get with the company that you feel is going to take care of you and and be there for you. So do what you got to do. I don't care as long as you play paintball, man. Do your thing. Yeah. Well, I'm stoked on the year, man. We're running up on two hours, so I'd, uh, we're gonna yeah. have to. Uh, say goodbye to uh, everybody out there but hey man thanks for stepping in it's gonna be a crazy year uh definitely thank you guys for listening it is going to be an awesome paintball season so um we'll be you know doing this for you guys man we're trying to bring you guys the best paintball coverage we can and the more support that we can gather the better that that's going to get so uh please continue to support pba's efforts and all these other companies out there and if you like like matt said if you have questions hit me up on facebook um Follow me on Instagram. What are your Instagrams? Are you, you're GI official, right? Is that you? GI Sports official. Follow us on that, and then Srabikov nine is my personal one. Um, like you said, send us messages, and then follow follow our GI Sports YouTube channel. If you don't know much about the Imperial program, go check out the YouTube channel. You'll see a lot of the videos that we've made of our teams, and this year with Cena now coming on board prior to World Cup, I just think he's amazing he's brilliant and he's going to do everything that i've always wanted to do is is with video as a company that i couldn't do until we got to a point for our company now yeah, i can I'm do because scene is in the industry man it was an awesome i mean the guy the stuff that you know that kakuza and dan napoli who we just had on the podcast last and the stuff that scene has been doing is just it's it's really important for the sport because it tells those stories it tells stories those need to get told and also you know you know people out there i mean tell your own stories own your narrative man if you don't care about your narrative no one else is going to care about it yeah and, yeah and 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 that's what we need so like you said coming on two hours but hey this has been a fun two hours and honestly we could have been here for for six or eight hours going over this this is there's a lot of lot of history well maybe we'll do you know we hey man this this is the podcast so we can you always do another one as the season progresses yeah this was cool so i appreciate you uh let me on here and yep follow uh gi sports official and go to uh the youtube channel and then uh have any questions go to imperial at gi sports.com if you have any questions as a team at all divisions all levels and uh appreciate it yeah and the first psp event's coming up again pretty quick here uh second weekend of march and also thanks to our other sponsors empire paintball die and planet eclipse so help us support the people that support the sport uh which definitely includes gi as well so thank you guys for tuning in to the real deal podcast i'm maddie marshall and i will see you next time